some of the recent tracks, alright, still trying to get over this fucking cold, luckily I took tomorrow off, so, yeah, Thank you. 
Jersey Judah here. Um, I've been sick since Friday. Yeah, I've been sick since uh, I've been sick since Friday with this uh, cold. It's getting a little bit better, but I, I always say to myself, "Yeah, I'm not gonna record in the morning. I'll just wait until the evening time." But my ass got to go to work regardless. So, as I always say, it's Monday, never a fun day, and I'm back with another episode, another edition of the Crimson Capsule Chapel. So, I'm kind of deaf right now because I've been blowing my nose and, you know, trying to get rid of this cold. So I don't really hear. I can hear, but not clearly. Um, But anyway, yeah, the weekend was uh, great. You know, the whole fucking week beforehand, I was perfectly fine. Friday comes and it's like, oh, I got a little sore throat. Saturday comes. I'm full on sick. Sunday, yesterday was okay, but still was sick. I was still able to get some content done. So that's all that really matters. Uh, I talked about the modern woman iceberg uh, recently. I actually finished um, the series of the modern woman iceberg. Uh, there's already a three hour video on that and then another hour and 30 minutes to end things off. I talked about the Vince McMahon situation, which uh, shout out to DJ Academics. But yeah, your boy is still sick, but it is what it is, man. All right. We got some shit to talk about, man. We got black YouTube. Shout out to Cameron. He black with a K. K K-A-M-E-R-O-N. Black YouTube, or what I like to call the new age menstrual show. Black YouTube. Also, we got a video. I don't think we're going to go through that until later on, but we'll see. Uh, From PA Election Headquarters, PA Election HQ. Uh, Trump can win 2024 election in a landslide. That's the name of the video. We got some other shit to talk about, too. We're, we're pretty much dealing with um, uh, politics. All right. We're dealing with politics today. All right. Uh, we got rapper Snoop Dogg praises Trump. Well, what do you know? Regardless of the Trump derangement syndrome. Uh, but, yeah. We'll start off with that. We'll start off with that video. Um, I believe this is from 
the black conservative perspective. Shout out to the black conservative perspective on YouTube. All right. Video is called rapper Snoop Dogg praises Trump before 2024 election despite severe Trump derangement syndrome. We're going to go through that. Then I believe we will go through the problem with black YouTube. And then after that, we'll go with uh, um, Trump uh, winning 2024 by a landslide. I think that's what we're going to do. It's 11.03 for me, AM. <clears throat> Considering the fact that I wasn't going to do this episode. <sighs> had to drink some of this orange juice. Um, Because I wasn't sure if I was going to do this episode, I honestly am not sure when I'm going to upload it. I'll try to upload it by the time I get to work. Um, but other than that, man, it is what it is. Without further ado, the black conservative perspective. Let's get it. Was built on its entrepreneurial spirit. And that spirit is best demonstrated by none other than my friend Snoop Dogg. His is a tale of do rags to riches. Yo. Hey, yo, Trump, yo, chill out, brother. God damn, this nigga started cooking. This is from the roast, I believe. See, in a galaxy far, far away, there was a time where Trump was not considered a racist. In fact, Trump was considered a role model to a lot of these guys coming up. This includes Snoop Dogg. You've heard Ice Cube talk about Trump. You've heard Mike Tyson talk about Trump. You heard... Don King talk about Trump. All right. But this was back. Uh, 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 this is back way back, back into time. All right. This is going back. Everybody loved Trump back then. What happened? What's going on? It's true. It's true. He's very proud of that. That's why I'm so happy to see Snoop sitting up here next to his former rival, Biggie Smalls, right here. <laughs> big endorsement, kind of. Big change, though. Big 180, folks. Big 180. This week, Snoop Dogg now says he's got nothing but love and respect for Donald Trump. Shout out to Don Jr. That's Donald Trump Jr. That's a real nigga, too, man. Donald Trump Jr. is a real nigga as well. I've seen Donald Trump Jr. snap, spaz out on niggas on X, on Twitter. You know, it's always good to see uh, people that still care about the country. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, Donald Trump Jr. is a real nigga. It's a huge change, folks. That's a huge change. You can remember back in 2017, he made a music video, like a rap yep. video, where he was like appearing to shoot Donald Trump. Now, yeah. Yep. Then that was. Who remembers that? I'm sure a lot of y'all don't. A lot of y'all may not want to remember that. But yeah, I remember that video. It always confuses me. This is how you know people are sort of a part of the, they're a part of the machine. Because if you're a part of the machine, you're going to take on other people's battles. Snoop Dogg, a successful rapper, millionaire, multi-millionaire, him getting himself involved in the fuck Donald Trump thing. If y'all can remember uh, YG and Nipsey Hussle, he did, rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle, uh, did a song called Fuck Donald Trump, which made, made, um, YG a lot of money, right? But then later on, he did an interview uh, with Theo Vaughn. 
Theo Vaughn, a comedian, also known as the guy who used to be in the real world. That's right. I believe that's the same real world as Miz. For people that know, The Miz, the wrestler, he was also on MTV's Real World. But I just wanted to give that Easter egg. But what's weird about the situation is when you are a part of the machine, you take on the machine's malfunctioning. So if a bunch of black people are supporting Trump or if a bunch of black people are conservatives, you'll call them coons, Uncle Toms and sellouts. But these are the same rappers that make music about violence, sex and glorification of drugs. They're not called coons. I wonder why. You right? Your record label would love it. They give you all sorts of free PR. You'd get all sorts of clicks on Instagram. The mainstream media and all the other leftists would make you a hero for doing it. But people are coming around. They see all the nonsense. They see all the lies. Okay? This was from an interview with the Times. Snoop says, literally, Donald Trump, and I quote, he ain't done nothing wrong to me. He's only done great things for me. Snoop specifically talked about Trump pardoning the co-founder of his record label, Michael Harris. I mean, Trump did that when he was getting hated on. Not because of the likes. He pardoned a couple other guys like that. But, you know, Snoop was still hating on him before and afterwards. But he goes now specifically, he says, so I have nothing but love and respect for Donald Trump. That's weird. a huge change, folks. I mean, I feel like we're living in weird times. We are. Ben Shapiro has the number one rap song. On yo, Texas. whoa, whoa. Hey, yo, did y'all check that shit out? We got to go through that later on. Um, I'm going to make this a segment just so after I can grab that video. Shout out to Night Talk. I've seen him go through it. Uh, what's the dude? McDonald. I forgot his name. Uh, not really a fan of his music. But he does have, like, lyricism. It's hard to explain. It's like Hobson. People that know Hobson. Hobson kind of has, like, that lyrical flow, but he's not really popular amongst hip-hop because hip-hop is all about, you know, showcasing violence and drugs and money. Um, but, yeah, Ben Shapiro apparently snapped. He did a rap song. I don't know how to, I don't know how to take it because he was talking a lot of shit about rap music not too long ago, and now he's doing a rap song. So it's like, all right. Um, I believe Ben Shapiro is another never Trumper or, you know, he, he, he supports Trump when it suits him. He's one of those people, but, uh, we might have to go through that later on. Uh, Ben Shapiro's rap song is hilarious. There's a complete 180 in the basic, I guess, like a de facto endorsement of Trump. Okay. That's like the biggest like endorsement without officially endorsing. Like I didn't see that coming. I don't know that anyone did. All right, guys, so I guess there is actually a cure for Trump derangement syndrome, which is the most prevalent form of derangement that we have in this country. And the cure apparently is four years of the Biden administration, okay? Because a lot of people in this country that uh, formerly did not like Trump, they are kind of coming around to the fact that, hey, you know what? Trump ain't all that bad, okay? I might not necessarily like the mean tweets, okay, or some of the things that he says, but, hey, the economy was pretty good under that guy, okay? And our country was in much better shape under. Now, of course, that's a pragmatic way of looking at things. Most people aren't pragmatic, right? So, yeah, uh, some of us who were wise enough to see what Trump was doing from the very beginning, they were kind of the ones that led the forefront to where we're at today. 
when people said that Trump was a racist and then somebody comes with the receipts of Trump giving uh, the historical black colleges and universities a large sum of cash, we have to ask ourselves, well, what type of racist is Donald Trump and why don't we have more racists like him? Right. So this whole, you know, logical explanation of, well, the economy was doing better. You know, I had just gotten gas. It seemed two days ago, gas went down to 291 in Jersey, where I'm at. I just went to get gas today. Gas went back up to 298. So it's this teetering back and forth. The people, regardless if you voted emotional or not, you're thinking a little bit more pragmatic. You're thinking about the inflation. You're thinking about the money that the amount of money you spent for basic items that shouldn't be priced so high. You're thinking about an incompetent president who can't finish a statement, can't finish a sentence, can't walk up a flight of stairs. The guy's a loser. Now you guys are seeing what's going on. Trump, well, he can walk upstairs just fine. Uh, he's cooking these he's cooking these reporters just fine. He's doing good things. He brought a son to this world. His son goes just as hard as he does. Donald Trump Jr. This nigga need to run for president next. I'm voting for him. This is how I'm looking at it. You got one side who's the so-called racist who helped out more black people than any other president currently. Then you got an incompetent white guy who's actually the racist, who's actually the separatist, who wants to destroy the country. And he wants to divide the country because he wants to point out the so-called MAGA Republicans. Uh, he wants to point these people out as pretty much um, terrorists. They want to point out Trump as if he's a dictator. Uh, we're dealing with Stalin. We're dealing with Mussolini. We're dealing with the New Age Adolf Hitler. Anything these people can come up with. Trump. And there's a very specific group of individuals that seem to be changing their mind a lot when it comes to Trump. And that happens to be rappers. Okay, We've talked about before how you have certain rappers like, for example, Lil Pump or Waka Flocka Flame that have come out here and they're huge Trump supporters. Okay, um, now they didn't necessarily like Trump in the past. Well, Waka Flocka is the more is the most logical one. I'm gonna tell you why because I've been listening to a, a good amount of interviews from Waka Flocka when he came out. I was a fan of his music, but um, he was one of the first rappers that I've heard say I'm not an African American. He's the first rapper that I've heard say. I am not African-American. Do not call me an African-American. I'm an American. I'm an American black. You know, not only was I born here, but a lot of my ancestors were born here. I am an American black. I'm not an African-American. And people equate African to black. So the people that call themselves African-American and the people who propagate that term are, in fact, racist. There are more than black people in Africa. We all know this. But they connected you to an entire continent and you can't pinpoint which country in that continent that you're from. Therefore, you are not African-American. Moving on. But now, you know, they do like Trump and they are supporting Trump. And we got to talk about another rapper, probably the biggest rapper to have his Trump derangement syndrome cured, at least temporarily. Uh, Snoop Dogg, right? Snoop Dogg has come out and said, hey, I have nothing but love and respect for Trump, seemingly praising Trump. Now, again, this guy, uh, Snoop Dogg, had a severe case of Trump derangement syndrome, even though back in the day, him and Snoop used to be cool. Like, you know, Trump used to be cool with a lot of rappers. OK, back before the mainstream liberal media and their bro, the clip of Trump walking in 
to uh, 50 Cent Studio. And then, like, Tony Ayo, out of all people, by the way, shout out Tony Ayo. He back. Tony Ayo is in the studio. He like, oh, shit, it's Donald Trump. I think he said Uncle Trump. Yo, it's Uncle Trump. Yo, let Trump in. They loved Trump. They looked at Trump and was like, he's like us. That's how they looked at Trump because think about it. It's not even a racial thing. It's a class thing. It's a class thing. It's where are you at in the tax bracket? Oh, this man, Donald Trump. If you're in the high level and a nigga like Donald Trump walks in, you're like, oh, shit. Now, a lot of people don't like Trump. That's cool. I don't give a shit about that. But then again, a lot of people liked Biden. So <laughs> figure that one out. Record label handlers at some of these music uh, companies told rappers and all the celebrities to come out and hate Trump, right? Because he's not a Democrat, okay? He was running in a Republican primary, and all of a sudden, all these people that he seemed to be cool with, that he seemed to be friends with, that he used to hang out with back in the day, they turned on him, right? They turned on him. Because, again, their handlers told them that they had to do so. And Snoop Dogg is... Bingo. There it is. The handlers. There you go. Is it really just is it really the celebrities that feel bad about Trump? Do you think do you think it do you think celebrities really hate Trump? Ask yourself that question. Or is there a system designed to go against Trump and these people have to simply do as they're told? Their handlers tell them what to say and how to say things. And if they go they if they go out of line, if they say something crazy, it can be concealed. And looked at as insanity or, hey, an emotional breakdown like Kanye West. And they take him off a stage and they throw him in zombie land. Where the only thing he takes is pills. You know what I'm saying? This is all evidence. You can look all this shit up too, by the way. Um, So, yeah, you got people. That's why it's better to just be independent. Because if you're independent, you're more of a free thinker if you're independent. And I don't mean politically. I mean independent in terms of getting signed or having deals or being a part of the club. Sometimes it's best to stand out rather than try and fit in. Trust me. Now, this will this isn't always going to work. You have to be a person who's as hard-headed um to an extent egotistical as I am because, you know, people like me know there's nobody like me talking this shit. No. There's nobody younger than me. The old people, the old generation, they're still on the Democratic plantation. I'm at the right age of 35 to have that. It's it's like that center, right? And, and in, uh, uh, ahead of me is a lot of the older, more arrogant, more snobby Democrats. But below me, in terms of age, is the youth, right? And the youth that's kind of going against the system. The youth that sees that Trump is going against the system and they join Trump in that system. But one of the major important things is you got to know everything. You got to know about both parties equally. Right. As a black man um, from the history that I've researched myself by myself, a teacher, a professor did not force me to do this. I did this my own time. I've seen that the Republicans were kind of set up from the beginning, right? Uh, back in the day, uh, 
uh, Julius S. Grant had his troops go out and actually literally pretty much free the slaves. Him and his troops would go out and free the slaves, right? And when these whites caught the Republicans, these Democrats pretty much, Ku Klux Klan members, they would hang they would hang uh, the white conservatives alongside the blacks. But see, they don't tell you that in the history books. You have white people from the very beginning that knew that black people are just black people. They're not, you know, they're not inferior. They're not terrible people. Let's treat them like human beings. Most of that came from the conservative Republican end. The people that wanted to label you, the people that wanted you to eat whites only, the people that wanted you to drink out of the the, uh, the colors only water fountain were in fact the Democrats. And there was no switching of the parties. One of these individuals that seemingly did so, and he developed a major case of Trump derangement syndrome. For example, he posted this back in uh, 2016. Uh, in which he said uh, not so great things about Trump. How you gonna have your, how you gonna have your wife get at Michelle Obama, nigga? Fuck you, nigga. Now I'm on the mission too. Yeah, nigga. Yeah, nigga. Fuck Donald Trump. We ain't bone for your punk. So this is like corny. Like to me, this is corny because this has nothing to do with politics. It's identity politics. I want y'all to pay attention. No, I no politics involved. Strictly identity politics. Everybody loves Michelle Obama. Why? Because she's a black woman who made it as the first lady. That's it. What has Michelle Obama done for you? Besides dropping shitty Netflix movies and documentaries, right? What has she done? Nothing. Sick of this shit. And you let these rappers, you know, Snoop wasn't cracking since Snoop hasn't been cracking since the mid 2000s. Let's keep it a buck. Let's keep it a bean, bro. Shout out to Snoop, though. You know what I mean? Shout out to Snoop Dogg. Niggas was bumping your music, wearing blue bandanas, all types of shit. If you listening to Snoop Dogg, I'm like, man, fuck these bloods, nigga. I'm wearing all blue. Fucking around, listening to Snoop Dogg. Listening to DPGC. Uh, listening to 213, okay? <laughs> you dig? Listening to, uh, what's the one, nigga? Trey D. You dig? Listening to all the Long Beach le- legends. And as I got older... The realest rapper from Long Beach is a rapper you'll never hear. I'm going to say that again. The realest rapper from Long Beach is a rapper that you've never heard of. Or you've heard a little bit from him, but not too much. And that's Vince Staples. That is the realest nigga in Long Beach when it comes to the music. Period. Look him up. Joey Fats too. Right? But outside of the street shit, outside of the music, outside of the entertainment... Right. Let's be honest, my nigga, like these niggas know nothing about politics. All of this shit over Michelle Obama, it's fuck Donald Trump. What if I don't give a fuck about Michelle Obama or Obama? Then what? I always thought the song was corny and it was kind of cheesy. And I think, you know, white people took advantage of this because it's like, yeah, we got these blacks to to look at our enemy as their enemy which they're all white people. So think about how, how racist is the country? Think about this for a second, right? How racist is a country where most of the white people voted for Obama? Right? Most of the white people voted for Obama and most of the white people voted for Trump. 
Where's the racism? See, Obama was just an agent. You dig? Obama was just an agent. And that agent of chaos was supposed to bring the people together. But as the people got together, they got more in poverty. The recession hit. Blacks lost their jobs. Blacks wasn't getting jobs. It was a bad it was a bad time during the Obama administration. But black people just don't want to admit it. When it comes to being pragmatic, I'm going to choose the white person who's better than the black person. Or I'm going to choose the black person better than the white person. It has nothing to do with race. Who can better the situation of the country? That's it. I'll get you a new hairdo, bitch ass nigga. Yeah, so. <laughs> That's cool. Snoop saying that about Trump. He created a music video where he um, essentially pretended to shoot Trump in the head to kill Trump. Which again is, is wild to me. Okay. Um, also, he had this to say about Trump. He had been posting about Trump quite a bit on social media. Uh, this is what he had to say to Trump and Trump supporters. Donald Trump is a fucking weirdo. If you voted for him, I don't have no problem with that. But if you still with him, fuck you. Funky dog head bitch. <laughs> yeah. So, the reason behind it, no reason. Just like, I think some of these celebrities that are washed up, some of these celebrities that are just washed up, right? It's like old school, outside on a clothesline, soap and sock and wet, hung up to dry, right? When they hear that people hate Donald Trump, they join that. And by them joining that and saying, fuck Donald Trump and all this, you get all of the arrogant, like, never-Trumpers. Like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, Snoop Dogg. Snoop Lion. <laughs> Snoop Lion. Yeah. So these are all the things he had to say, okay? Now, fast forward, okay, doing a Biden administration, okay, the economy, crime, the border, etc. Now, all of a sudden, Snoop Dogg is saying, hey, I ain't got nothing but love and respect for Trump. Again, it's amazing how that works. It's amazing how these people pull a full 180 I don't judge those people, by the way. <coughs> Let me explain. I never hated Trump, but I didn't care much for him at the same time. So 2016, I didn't really give a fuck. We're just waiting for the asteroids. You got fucking Hillary Clinton. You know, she's a poisonous cunt that should never be president. Glad she never was elected president. The worst example of a woman in politics ever. Don't matter what you put, you put anybody next to her, they're going to be better. Carrie Lake is 12 times better than Hillary Clinton. Carrie Lake doesn't even deserve to be compared to Hillary Clinton. Are you following me? All right. Uh, Blue chippers. Hey, take Candace Owens and throw her into the mix. She's 30 times better than Hillary Clinton. And once again, Candace Owens should never be compared to Hillary Clinton. But I have to make the point. Y'all niggas was voting for that. A lot of you wicked, wild, radical, slut-walking feminists was voting for her. Y'all bitches became the enemy from that day going forward. It's like the closest thing to, like, the bitches back in the day that, that took the welfare program, that took Section 8, that took all these benefits. Given that a man was absent, these men were getting locked up. These men were being put on child support, spending an unrealistic amount of money on a child that nine times out of ten they can't see. 
or the bitch want to be funky. She want to she want to go places and, and tell you that you can see your son. You show up. She's gone. You got to wait 30 minutes for her to get back like goofy shit. When y'all women voted for Hillary Clinton, I knew y'all were the enemy. I knew it just from that point. I'm like, yeah, these niggas is the enemy. Men that voted for Hillary Clinton, you guys are beta males. You guys low testosterone, low T, no type of no type of proper dieting, no type of exercise. You're not going to work. You're not doing nothing. You're a peasant. So, of course, you vote for Hillary Clinton. You want a woman to run your life because you're a peasant. You're a bum. You're low life. You know what I mean? Uh, so, yeah, of course, they were going to sit back and go, oh, well, we want Hillary. Yeah, it's time for a change. Like me, I'm like, man, fuck this. Back in 2016, I secretly wanted Trump to win. I'm going to be honest with y'all. Now that I'm a straight up Trump supporter now, 2016 was weird for me because I was definitely trolling people. I knew bitches that were Hillary or Bernie supporters, and I would just say Trump 2016, and they would freak the fuck out. But deep down in my heart and mind, I knew Trump was the better person for this country than Hillary Clinton. I knew it. And through the grace of God, right, Trump was elected 2016. Oh, man, the racist is here. It's the end of the world. I'm not going to be. I can't be around this president. I'm moving out of the country. All these fucking stupid, spineless Hollywood scum sitting back, boohooing, crying and complaining as if any president that gets in position is getting in the way of your check and how much you make a year. That's why these celebrities can suck a dick. Fuck these celebrities. It's a problem with you people, you out here idolizing these people, worshiping these people. They're human beings just like you in a higher tax bracket with more money. That's it. If people, especially women, they become so materialistic, especially men. But in this case, I'm talking about women. They're so materialistic that they look at these uh, washed up celebrities as demigods. And they look at these people as like, you know, people to worship. You know, they have no relationship with God. These niggas is wicked. After experiencing the Biden administration, again, this guy came out here and basically said, F Trump, you know, I'm sure he voted for Biden, right? Like most black people did. He and um, now all of a sudden, he um, you know, he has nothing but love and respect for Trump. Pretty interesting. So let's read here. A prolific rapper and advocate for equity, Snoop Dogg, has had a recent change of tune when it comes to former President Trump. In a new interview, Snoop Dogg, 52, sang Trump's praises after a long history of condemning the former president. Am I the only person surprised that Snoop's only 52 years old? I always thought Snoop was older. Supporters. Quote, Donald Trump, he ain't done nothing wrong to me. He has done only great things for me. He pardoned Michael Harris, uh, Snoop Dogg told the Sunday Times. So I have nothing but love and respect for Trump. Wait, so he ain't done nothing wrong to me. Okay, so back in 2016, 2017, when, you know, this guy had peak Trump derangement, Trump never did anything wrong to you. So why did you come out here and say all the things that you said about Trump? Right. Were you paid to do it, Snoop? <laughs> okay. Did your liberal handlers tell you that you had to do it? I'm just saying. I'm mm. just saying. Where did all this Trump derangement come from if he never did anything wrong to you? If he has done nothing but great things for you, then why did you turn your back on him? Right? You could have just stayed out of politics. Right? You could have just said, you know, I ain't really got anything to say. Okay? But no, you didn't do that. You said F him, F his supporters, and you called him and his supporters the B-word as well, too. Right? Which, which are fighting words. Okay? You call another man a B-word. Those are fighting words. Okay? And, um, you know, I, I'm just trying to figure out exactly how did Snoop Dogg become so Trump deranged 
if he's saying that he ain't never done nothing wrong to me, right? Seems to me that, again, you were doing this because it was the cool thing to do. There right? it is. This is how you be successful in Hollywood. It's common sense. I mean, really, it is. There's nothing really technical about it, right? It's one celebrity, one artist, one entertainer who feels that by them going against the system, which weirdly enough, Trump was anything but the system. Rap today has become so asinine because rap music for rappers, rappers are supposed to like Trump. Trump's the rich guy. And rappers did like rappers loved Trump at one time. Y'all allowed these Democrats and liberals to fuck your heads up. And Malcolm X been telling y'all Negroes for how long, right? He did. Rest in peace, Malcolm X. The liberals did it worse. A Republican, if a Republican doesn't like you or a Republican doesn't like a talking point, the Republicans aren't doing much pandering. I want y'all to think about that. The Republicans don't do much pandering compared to the Democrats. And like I said, it's 2024. It's the end of January. The tap dancing minstrel show is about to begin. Looking forward to this annihilation of Joe Biden. uh, 2024. All right. You know what I'm saying? At this point, I'm ready. I'm ready to get my car painted the American flag. I'm, I'm ready to have American flag everything on. Um, when Trump takes back the office like he's supposed to, they can really now look at him as a dictator. And I want this nigga to rule. All right. I, that's how I feel. I'm like, man, fuck it. I'm with the. I'm with the fuck shit. I want this nigga Trump to really be a dictator now. Fuck it. Troll these niggas. Troll them. Fuck it. Paint a mustache on you and walk on stage. Troll these niggas, man. Fuck this shit. That's what I'm with. I'm with I'm with the bullshit. Biden. <sighs> Biden himself. It's just like a. It's like an experiment gone wrong with Biden, right? Weird nowadays is that you come out and you say mean things about Trump. Even if you don't really mean it, even if the guy has, again, done nothing but great things for you. Again, see, I, I understand now why Trump values loyalty so much, okay, because of stuff like this, right? This this actually pisses me off. It actually just pisses me off to think about this, right? He never done anything wrong. I think the only reason why it's funny to me, it doesn't piss me off, I think it's comical, is because this is a tall tale sign that Snoop didn't feel that way in the beginning. He did that just for just to get a buzz, you know what I mean? To get a little rep, you know, the nigga's old. He was, he's a washed up rapper, dude. You know, that's why he's selling weed and shit, dispensaries and shit. You got to you gotta do something else. You know, niggas is rapping for too goddamn long. I ain't trying to hear a 50, 60-year-old nigga spit bars, nigga. That's embarrassing. I saw these dipset niggas. I'm like, yo, these old niggas need to chill the fuck out. I saw two videos. One video, I saw Jim Jones skateboarding. That's right. You thought, you thought this shit was a fucking game. This nigga was skateboarding around a, a warehouse slash studio. He was skateboarding. He was on a skateboard, not a longboard, a regular size skateboard riding around and shit. Then he got a video with Joel Santana. They're on the block like it's like it's 1998. My nigga, it's over. Y'all niggas is out here like it's still killer season. Like, chill out. Y'all niggas is 50. Y'all 50. Got grown ass sons and daughters and shit. They calling you up like, Daddy, why are you on the block again? Daddy, <laughs> come home. The fuck? Daddy, come on, stop. Y'all niggas is tweaking, man.
These niggas be making hundreds and thousands of dollars and still be promoting this niggerish lifestyle that they don't live. You see what I mean? You take the theatrics out of it. It's, it's all bullshit. But niggas don't want to look at it like that because it's the realest way to look at it. Look at these old washed up niggas, man. They're going to they're going, they're going to collaborate with anybody who's up. Any, and, and of course, the up and coming artists are like, yeah, I would love to do a song with these people. <coughs> you think as a new artist, you're going to get some clout off of them. Nah, these niggas is vampires. They're going to get some clout off of you, nigga. They're going to get some clout off of you. They're going to come up off of you and they ain't going to mention you. You, But yet, you called him the B word. You said F him, F his supporters. And you made a music video where you mocked shooting the president of the United States in the head. But he never did anything wrong to you. Again, it, how much they pay you, Snoop? Again, I got quest, I got so many questions. How do you go from he never did anything wrong to me, he has done nothing but great things for me, to making a music video where you are pretending to shoot him in the head? Again, amazing stuff. Absolutely amazing. Now I understand, right? Now I really understand. I, I, if I was Trump, I'd be pissed. I, I'd be like, you know what? I don't need your endorsement. I don't want your endorsement because you're fake and you're phony. Right? You're faking your phony. All it took was for Trump <laughs> to pardon a criminal that this guy is friends with in a Biden administration. Now it's not cool to support Biden anymore. And now this guy's coming out and he's. It was never cool to support Biden. Everybody knows that. Like, especially the people that voted for Biden knows that. Like, Biden, uh, the Biden voter is never like the cool person, right? The Biden voter is always the person who's used to the same old, same old. The Biden supporter is used to the same old, same old. The Biden supporter loves the theatrical exiting of Donald Trump, right? They they dreamed about it for years, right? We, we finally got Trump out of office. These motherfuckers was out here in the streets of Philadelphia, New York, dancing and all this type of shit, having parades, celebrating a new president. But really, he's old as shit. He doesn't know what day it is and he can't walk up a flight of stairs. Congratulations, America. You got what you voted for. Now you niggas in New York. Now you niggas in Chicago. Y'all voted for Biden, right? Y'all voted for these Democrats for years, right? Now they're bringing Paco, they're bringing Chico, they're bringing a whole bunch out there. And y'all ain't doing shit about it. And y'all can't protest shit because it only makes y'all look dumb. Who did y'all vote for again? Oh, okay. Who y'all vote for? Oh, a Democrat? Oh, okay. Yeah, they're, they're the ones that want this to happen. And they're getting what they want. Because when it comes down to it, I think these people are behind the scenes strategizing a new act, all right, a new law that would allege these people that would um, that would grant these undocumented citizens or not even undocumented non-citizens of whatever country they're from to become voters. And that's when the election goes um that's when the election takes a nosedive. I'm not going to lie. In Trump's praises. 
Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Michael Harry O'Harris, an associate of Death Row Records, co-founder Suge Knight and the co and the founder of the label's parent company, Godfather Entertainment, was pardoned in 2021 as one of Trump's final decisions before leaving office. Snoop Dogg was famously signed by the label only to later leave uh, in his career. He acquired it in 2022. Harris was in prison on charges of conspiracy and attempted murder for over three decades. Snoop praised Trump at the time for his commentation of Harris. Quote, I love what they did. The rapper told the New York Post that's great work for the president and his team on the way out. Again, again, it, it, it seems like when it comes to black folks and again, some of these. I think some of these I think some of these rappers aren't dumb. Snoop's not dumb. He has handlers that pretty much think for him, make decisions for him, tell him what to say, how to say it, regardless of how Snoop is perceived. I think a lot of these guys have handlers that tell them what to say and how to say it. You see what I'm saying? And they don't pay Snoop. They pay the handler. The handler is the one that's supposed to be the the guardian and mentorship of the artist that tell these artists, hey, we're going to make sure that both of us are rich. We're going to make sure that both of us are good. All you got to do is say what I say, believe what I say, and we're good. So, you know, Trump derangement syndrome, which we went through an iceberg at, it's probably one of the first icebergs that I did. Um, you really have this level of ignorance. And it's an ignorance that goes beyond color. Um these white liberals, these white liberals lose their fucking minds when it comes to Trump. So it's like, it doesn't matter what race you are. Stupidity is pretty much worldwide across the board. Um, the white liberals lose their fucking minds. Uh, the gays, the lesbians, uh, the transformers, uh, the Decepticons, they lost their fucking minds. Oh, we can't believe this dictator, this racist. And the gays, the gays try to attract the black because they say that Trump's a racist. Well, well, Trump's a racist. You know that, right? Well, Trump is a racist. You know, I, I know for a fact that Trump is, in fact, a racist. Can you believe that? Yeah. That's how liberals talk. Trump's the racist. Yep. He's the white supremacist. Yeah. Yep. This is the new age Adolf Hitler. So people got to pay attention. That's, uh, yep. That's how they talked about Trump the entire time. Um, true levels of white supremacy would be signing a crime bill in 1993 that incarcerated the most blacks, the, blacks, the most black men in presidential history. That, that would be looked at as a system created by white supremacists, a.k.a. Bill Clinton. Uh, also, your homeboy, your guy, everybody, every black man's favorite president, Joe Biden. And I'm not making this up. Apparently, all you blacks voted for him. Y'all showed out to vote for him more than um, Barack Obama. So, yeah, we'll believe that. Uh, and, you know, you people just do as you're told. That's fine. A lot of you mindless sheeple of the world. You guys are pathetic, low lives, losers. You'll listen to what the tube tells you. You let the tube think for you. You let your computer think for you. You let your friends think for you. And you let your idols think for you. You don't think for yourself. So I can't respect you. You let other people think for you as if they have your good intentions, but they really don't. But even celebrities don't know that. You'd be surprised. 
uh, it's not a great economy or a closed border or, you know, uh, not having any world wars that will convince these people to actually vote in the right direction. No, you got to pardon criminals, right? You got to pardon criminals. And that will all of a sudden get the black folks and the rappers on board. Again, this is shameful. It really is. OK, this ain't really anything to celebrate. OK, I'm just breaking the news because I, I just find this to be fascinating. But still. Right. I mean, it's just a shame that this is what it takes to get black people to 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 realize that, hey, you know, Trump was actually. I mean, some people are just too far gone to an extent. (coughs) (coughs) Oh, shit. I had to put this joint out. I'm still smoking, still sick, still smoking. I don't give a fuck. Um, What was I talking about? Oh. The thing that's interesting about a lot of these people they're like too far gone right and like ice cube is pretty much one of those people where you'll see different interviews of him talking good about trump and then you see a lot of interviews that so happen to be liberal networks where he talks bad about donald trump now here's my thing are you talking about trump as the person you know or are you talking about trump as a politician that you don't. Some of these people knew Donald Trump personally, but they don't know him politically. They don't know what he truly stands for because the way that he talks rubs people the wrong way. And I understand that because that's how people feel about me. But just like Trump in a lot of ways, I can care less. All right. So for a lot of people who think for themselves, they'll be looked at as radical because they're the only ones thinking. Imagine a world where everything from like 1984, the burning of the books, you know, all the education out of the window, do as we tell you, we are your guardians, we are your leaders, we are your gods, right? This whole sort of Bioshock uh, type of life where, you know, people choose themselves and their greed over good or anything positive. So it's a bunch of criminals and people that roam the streets trying to get something and then there's a one there's one person there's one person in that entire group who kind of stays to themselves. Of course, you know these niggas are gonna come after him eventually, right? But because he thinks for himself, he has his own opinions. He's more dangerous than all of the criminals. See, these criminals they're 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 influenced by the shit around them. Um a person who's just trying to survive will be more dangerous than any criminal because that person, given the circumstances, will be willing to do anything not to appease others, but to secure where he's at. Or maybe it's a pride and an ego within him that needs to be fulfilled. Right. I think a lot of these rappers who are kind of getting more political, we talked about Meek Mill uh, with his support on Trump, pretty much a secret support for Trump. But uh, uh, a supporter for Trump, nevertheless, uh, Meek Mill, Philly rapper. Shout out to Philly. Um, Another guy, Benny the Butcher from Buffalo, New York. Shout out to Buffalo. Kind of he was on the breakfast club, so I knew what he had to do. He had to, like, save his reputation. But he was pretty much talking about the same thing where, you know, what would Trump what would be the problem if black people voted for Trump? I think is what he mentioned. Or maybe it was another person. I got it confused with another rapper. But somebody had asked, like, what would be the problem if if blacks voted for Trump or blacks supported Trump, 
given the benefits that we had with Trump, the so-called racist, right? And a lot of people were just kind of like, well, damn, I mean, this this makes a lot of sense. I mean, these white liberals been telling us for years that this guy's a racist, but he's been doing nothing but helping the blacks. Um, you got all these fucking celebrity scumbags who are, their opinions are irrelevant. They got, you know, $500 million mansions. They These motherfuckers live on fucking uh, Neptune and shit. These niggas live in fucking space mansions and shit. Like, these niggas is on fucking moon rocks, smoking angel dust. These niggas is out of their fucking minds. Oh, we can't support Trump. You see what happened when Trump was in off? What happened? We didn't have any wars. What happened? COVID-19? The China virus? From China? From Wuhan? The Wuhan virus? The China man special? Fuck you talking about, man. Shit is embarrassing. These niggas is pathetic. And who was your gods during that time? Oh, what does Bill Gates got to say about this? This nigga's a fucking uh, computer software guy. Why are we worried about beta Bill Gates? What are we talking about? Anthony Fauci. Come on now. Guilty. Guilty as charged. And y'all worship these people. We got to listen to what Fauci tells us. I remember a picture back in 2020. This nigga was in a, uh, he was in a restaurant. Had a nerve to take a picture of him in a restaurant. No mask. Everybody else had mask on. What are we doing? What are we doing here? Rules for thee, but not for me. What is going on here? See that? All you niggas got got brainwashed from 2020 going forward. That's what happened to a lot of the Negroes. Um, these white liberals showed up and they brainwashed them. Now I get it. I understand. Well, Trump's a racist, you know, and Trump's a racist because he called COVID the China virus. Where did where did COVID come from? Is the West Nile virus racist? Where's where's West Nile? Is the Spanish flu racist? Can we can we keep going? Can we keep going? You want me to keep going? You guys are fucking retarded, pathetic. Pretty great president. The rapper's recent comments are a far cry from the criticism he often sent the former president and his supporters during Trump's tenure in the White House. In a 2017 music video for his song Lavender, uh, Snoop Dogg depicted Trump as a clown and shot the president in the head. Cute. In uh, 2020, XXL Magazine shared a video clip to social media of the rapper ripping Trump and his followers saying, Trump is an effing weirdo. If you vote for him, I don't have a problem with that, but if you're still with him, F yo. Snoop Dogg has been outspoken on his politics for a while. In 2012, before the presidential election between Barack Obama and Mitt Romney, he released a list to Instagram explaining why he would not support the former Massachusetts governor, uh, but would be voting for the former Illinois senator. It garnered a lot of attention. When asked if he would do something similar if this year's presidential race was between Trump and Joe Biden, Snoop Dogg would not give a definitive answer. <laughs> I wonder I why. Have to, he told I wonder why. Yeah, because it's the inevitable. Y'all know what time it is. It's the inevitable. And for a lot of these rappers, a lot of these entertainers, they'll go, they'll go that route to where, okay, we'll support Trump the last minute to get some popularity. You know, then there's guys that's been supporting Trump and kind of already dealt with the criticism from that. 
And now they are kind of silent. You hear Kanye West recently? No? Oh, okay. You know, a lot of these rappers kind of remain silent now. They kind of learned uh, their lesson from getting involved politically and running for president and all that type of weird shit. You know what I mean? Because, like, me, for, for how I look at it, it was like a black menstrual show. It was a menstrual show. And it wasn't... It wasn't the people that supported Trump, believe it or not. It wasn't the black people that supported Trump. It was the black people that hated Trump. But then you realize that they're the ones cooning and they're the ones selling out. And they're the ones doing the electronic tap dance, um, you know, trying to get some nigger pennies. This, this is what the Democrats do. They shuck and fucking jive. They, it, this is all they do. They cut the rug. You know, they're doing the electric slide while the country's being destroyed. It's absolutely pathetic. Um, little to no, uh, political background, information, education whatsoever. These, these are politically illiterate Negroes who are going to go with the presidents or the people that offer them more free shit. That's all these blacks. That's all a lot of these blacks do today. They say, Hey, which option can get us the most money? We're trying to come up. Okay. They're like, man, fuck this. We try to make some money. You know, how how can we, you know, you know, how can we appease the audience? Oh, well, all you got to do is say you hate Donald Trump. They give you a check. You know what I'm saying? That's what I think. These niggas just was getting checks from the uh, Biden administration. You know what I mean? Shit is embarrassing. The Sunday Times because there are mixed reviews on that. So I want to see what the people say, aka I want to see <coughs> what the hood say, right? I want to see what my handlers say, right? Um, what the record label owners say in regards to who it's okay to come out and support because now it's not cool to support Biden anymore, right? So again, this guy has to listen to what his handlers tell him, and then he can come out and you know maybe just maybe give a full throated endorsement of Trump, right? But until then. My thing is, why be so upset over a celebrity who has handlers? See, this is where I kind of look at the conservative side and go, well, what did you expect? <laughs> like, honestly, bro, like, what did you expect from Snoop, bro? For real. Seriously. Did you expect a full-fledged explanation? Um, did you expect him not to look at Trump, maybe enough people have pointed out old pictures of him with Trump, smiling with Trump, shaking hands with the so-called white supremacy uh, leader, the so-called uh, New Age Hitler. This is, is it, this is what they're calling him, respectfully. I think it's I think it, it's an abomination, and the people that were calling him that should be deported, dropped them off in Australia somewhere. You know what I mean? You deal you deal with those people now. You know what I mean? I don't even know how that's even like, like, think about how mentally ill you have to be. Like, think about it. You have to be mentally fucking ill to compare Donald Trump to Adolf Hitler. And in so many different ways, there's so many variations to point this out and why it is illogical and it makes no fucking sense. But these liberals that claim to know everything and they want what's best for you, especially the black, the black. You got to listen to what we tell you. You got to listen to what we tell you. You don't want to vote for Donald Trump. He's a racist. And by the way, we're the liberals. We'll tell you, the black, who's racist and who's not racist. But we're not racist. Think about that. 
That's that's interesting. It's like they try to flex their little like white supremacy card. Like, hey man, we know what's good for you. We know what's good for you people. You might want to think about who you're voting for, all right? <laughs> we know what's good for you. Meanwhile, these people are out here losing their fucking minds. That's why when Trump gets reelected, right? I'm I'm just gonna start recording. Like as soon as this nigga gets like announced as president, I'm gonna start recording and just completely go in on Democrats and liberals. And hopefully by the time I'm done, it's just like the cleansing begins, right? It's like all these degenerates, right? And low lives, they finally realize like, oh man, you know, Trump's back in office. It's like the screamathons, you know that bitch, the lesbian, the lesbian. The lesbian that was in the uh, lesbian lesbian that was in the middle of the street yelling is going to be like times five thousand. You're just going to hear screams across the country, and that's how you know our commander in chief is back. All right, <laughs> the nigga is back in power. All right. Hey, Trump. I have nothing but praise and love for him. He ain't never did nothing wrong to me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. After this guy spent years, years. All right, that's cool. Shout out to the black conservative perspective. I think we have another video for him. I think I'm going to save that for later, right? What do I have next here? What do I have scheduled next? Oh, yeah, the problem with black YouTube. Oh, this is going to be a good one. This is pretty much the new age uh, slash modern menstrual show. This terminology of black, etc. Like black, I'm on black Twitter, dog. You know, I'm on black YouTube and it's like, wow, okay. Do y'all have like your own logo? Do you get paid for, you know, the black part? Is that like the, because once again, this tells you how asinine and idiotic a lot of black folks are today, because if the whites decided to have their own white thing, like, Hey, this is white YouTube. We're on, we're on the white manosphere. This is the white man's only channel. Like it would, it would go off. It would come off pretty pretty gnarly right it wouldn't end well with a lot of the blacks but here y'all go we got black youtube and all and all it is is cooning niggas is shucking and fucking jiving all right niggas is doing the electronic tap dance for nigger pennies okay i seen one video this nigga was talking about Ooh, chicken this black guy he's a black yeah this nigga he's a black can you believe that this nigga set us back 200 fucking years, all right? The black set set back the blacks 200 fucking years, right? Why? Because he wanted to eat some fried chicken. Or not fried chicken, he wanted to eat wings. He's like, mmm, chicken. And he's just eating it like an animal. Electronic tap dancing, man. Cooning. Electronic fucking tap dancing. But anyway, this is segment one. Segment two, on the way. Stay tuned, don't go anywhere. Be right back. All right. Part two, segment two. Be right back. Stay tuned. All right.
right. All right, segment two. My bad. I had to go in the house, grab my charger for this device of mine that I keep on handy. It's at 88% now already. But I also charge my phone fully, and I charged my headphones fully, so I'm good with that. Hopefully, y'all checked out the first segment. Of course, y'all did if y'all listening to this episode, duh. But, you know, we went from Snoop um, with his surprise, I guess, for some support for Trump. Me, it doesn't surprise me, or I can, I, I can care less, really. I can care less. But... We're going to dive into the problem with black YouTube. It's seven minutes and 49 seconds long. We're just going to go through it. So without further ado, let's continue with the Crimson Capsule Chapel. Rubbing my brick on my friend to see how she reacts. She touched it. What the fuck? There's a problem with YouTube, specifically black. Yeah, let me uh, do something with the audio because... This shit is incredibly too low. I know I'm deaf, but I'm not that deaf. I haven't blown my nose too much to destroy my eardrums to realize how incredibly low that is. So let's try this again. Black YouTube. Black YouTube sucks. When it comes to black YouTube, I feel like there's two sides. There's one side with these amazing content creators like Corey X Kenshin, Berlizzi, AMP, RDC, and many others. And then you got this other side with these creators that don't care about their content at all. All they care about is the money that comes with YouTube. And all their videos are just based around sexual things. One side is like that homemade burger that takes hours to make. And the other side is like that $2 McDonald's burger that tastes good for about five minutes. But the next day you feel like like absolute it's kind of like yin and yang you know and in today's video i'm going to be talking about that other side of black youtube the terrible side now when it comes to the black community and content creation if i can be perfectly honest right and, and like i said i'm not like a white guy i'm, I'm not a white person not that it, not that that would even matter but i'm saying as a black as an american black i feel that the whole black this and black that is a little played out and it's a little too much because like I said, you know, we love to cast our judgment on others. But when that when that judgment comes upon us, we pretend that we're innocent. Oh, well, you know, the white man's oppressing us. Really? You have black colleges. You have black this. You have black that. And white people are like, cool, they got their own shit. They can't have the white colleges because that would be considered racist. But black people always want to stand out. But that becomes to their own detriment because you're trying to appeal realistically. And I just talked about this before a while ago. You're trying to, you're trying to promote your product at the lowest, one of the lowest percentages of people, black people, 13 to 14% in a country population, which I mean, good luck. You know, a lot of people come up off of that. I mean, does it last long? Is that something that a lot of people would probably be invested in? Probably not. No. A lot of people honestly would want nothing to do with that only because it's promoted at a particular group of people. And so you, if you have a man's channel, if you have a channel towards men, you'll still be at a good space as long as you don't add a race, you don't add any type of like direct particular uh, brand that would exclude others, right? 
that's like um, the way that right wing media is promoted by the left. It's always looked at as, oh, well, these are the racists. Look what they're talking about. Look what they're saying. Meanwhile, you have a group of white people pointing out other white people for their racism. So nobody points out the hypocrisy of that in itself. Right. If you're trying to tell people that racism isn't a problem for black people, then you would have to admit that a lot of a lot of the propaganda that you're receiving is from white liberals. They're the ones telling you how to think, what to react to. And when it comes to this black YouTube shit, like I said, it's never anything. Like it's never a black person saying anything realistic. Right. Black person saying the dumbest shit. Black YouTube. Oh, this is black YouTube. We got we got uh, we got we got three. We got four, you know, solid content creators in our community. That's all y'all got. Three, four content creators. And because you aim at 13 percent of the country's population, you only want to get about maybe 30,000 subscribers. That's all you're going to reach. Then the people who kind of change their ways, they realize, well, damn, this ain't where the bag is at. I got to be a bit more universal. I got to reach out to a different audience. And when you're somebody who's dealt with different people naturally, you don't see that as a task. You see what I mean? But these Negroes are so used to being amongst themselves. They don't talk about anything important. Therefore, their conversational value is at an all time low. You know, this is fundamental bullshit. What type of sneakers you got on? What shoe is out? Which big booty bitch is fine? Like dumb shit. Caveman. Caveman uh, ideology. I feel like every single idea can't just be a normal idea, you know? There always has to be some sort of sexual spin to it. You can't just do a normal truth or dare. It has to be a freaky truth or dare. You can't just go on a blind date. It has to be a freaky blind date. The other day, I literally seen a video titled, I put my freaky ass parents on a blind date. We are getting to the point in content creation where we're putting our parents on blind dates and it has to be freaky. That is absolutely weird, if I'm being honest with you. Another trend that's pretty big in the black community are 20B1s. These videos hit the black community harder than crack in the 80s. I can't tell you how many black content creators. Keep in mind, I know nothing about what this black man is talking about, and I'm happy about it. All the content creators that he mentioned, like, I don't know any of them. I can care less about any of them because I know it's going to be the same parroted talking points. I just know it. Nothing original, nothing concrete, nothing genuine, nothing sincere. It's bullshit seen milking the absolute life out of 20v1s. Now, if you don't know what a 20v1 is, well, it's basically like a speed dating show where 20 people speed date one person. And by the end of the show, that one person picks their favorite out of the 20 people. I'm pretty sure this video idea was like created by Jubilee, popularized by the Sidemen. And then the black community just took it by storm. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some genuinely funny 20v1s out there, but then you got channels out here who are posting 20v1s every single week. For example, no Love Mar. Now, if you don't know who No Love Mar is, well, he's a pretty big black YouTuber who has one point. I guess it's because he's black. I don't know him. Like, I hate to say it like that, but when people call themselves black YouTubers, it's a good chance that they're not known by a lot of people. I know that sounds fucked up, but you have categorized yourself, right? It's like the LGBTQ, whatever, right? Instead of you just being gay and like, you know, hey, I'm gay, that's cool, whatever. People will accept it and go, all right, cool, that's what's up. You know, they respect the honesty and all that. You know what I mean? But if you're going around doing some sissy shit 
And then saying that you're against gay people and all this, people are going to look at you funny. Like, yeah, man, you weird, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? But this type of activity, when it comes to like black content creators, right? It's like their voice isn't enough. Their skin isn't enough. They have to tell everybody. I am a black, right? I'm black. Um, and because of that, like I said, I troll people. That's what I say. I'm black. You know what I mean? He black. Um, but yeah, this this whole setting of being a black X, Y, and Z, right? In a world, in a country that's supposed to be racist, right? You have blacks with their own colleges, their own universities. You know what I'm saying? Like they... In a, in a country so racist, right, where white supremacy is a problem to, to the black liberal, you got your own colleges, you got your own dorms, you got your own people. Where's the racism at besides from you? You wanted to be with your own and have your own groups and segregate yourself from the whites. But if they did the same, which they've done the same in the 50s and 60s, it was a big deal for you. See that? That's that's the bullshit and the brainwashing that blacks have today where you still have to live the effects of slavery, whatever the fuck that whatever that's supposed to mean. And then people have their quote unquote black experiences, whatever the fuck that's supposed to mean. Right. People want to specify being black as if it's not the shame black people. I'm black. You feel me? Like I'm a nigga. You feel me? But I don't look at that as like. The end all be all. Oh, he's black. I got to listen to him. He's a black YouTuber. He's on black YouTube. I better subscribe to him. 44 million subscribers. But when you take a look at this man's channel, basically all of his videos are 20v1s. I wouldn't be surprised if this man changed his name to Cupid, the way he's helping out everyone find love. I wouldn't be surprised if this man did a 20v1 with the whole entire United States for his next video. Honestly, at this point, this man should put me in a 20v1 to help me find some action. Like, come on. And what's crazy is that this man is so obsessed with 20v1s that he literally jumped another YouTuber because they made a 20v1 with Krishan Rock and he wanted to do that idea first. I mean, there's literally entire videos of him and his crew just pulling up to their studio, them beating up the other guys, and them taking the camera and the footage so it doesn't get uploaded to YouTube. Number one, what happened to Shame? Who genuinely wants to speed in the Snaggletooth <laughs> demon Krishan Rock? That wow. woman is literally the embodiment of a Neanderthal. And number two, why? Nah, she's a, she's a stereotypical hood rat. You dig? She's a stereotypical hood rat. That's all. I mean, she's nothing special. You can you can find a bitch like her in, in any uh any black predominantly black neighborhood. You feel me? A Christian Rock. Come on, man, stop it. Let's stop acting. Y'all be putting bitches on pedestals. Women be putting bitches on pedestals. I always ask this question: What is this obsession that people have with Marilyn Monroe? Can somebody tell me? I was thinking about this a couple days ago, but I kept forgetting to bring it up. <laughs> Or maybe I did. I just didn't stay on the subject. But a lot of a lot of people, black, white, Hispanics, they all love Marilyn Monroe. And I'm trying to figure out why. Right now, I'm not being a hater by any means. I mean, she gone anyway. She did. The bitch died. So she's been gone. So <coughs> I'm just trying to figure out what what people find so amazing about this woman. Um, she looks okay. Maybe it's just like during the times, like some people are just overrated. I think during the time, 
that bitch and Beyonce today are like the most overrated women of all time. And no shade on Beyonce, but she's not really like, you know. I mean, there's better out there. Let's just be honest. Had to blow my nose. Still sick. You out here jumping other YouTubers because they're about to upload an idea before you. Just be more creative and make something other than 20v1s. And maybe you wouldn't have to result to jumping people because they make the same style of content as you. Imagine if Moist Critical got to a topic before me and I fought him because of that. Isn't that the stupidest thing ever? Like, it just doesn't make sense at all. And what's even worse is that before every 20v1 that this man does, he promotes this scam where apparently you're supposed to get $750 cash app from clicking the link in the description, but you don't. It just takes you to one of those sites where they have you fill out all of those tedious surveys and yeah, get scam. nothing from them. I mean, yeah, there's literally scam. entire videos on scams. Cool, niggas is scamming. What a surprise. Exposing these scams. He gets the money because he gets paid from people clicking the link. But you as a viewer, you get nothing because, I mean, why would Cash App just give you $750? They would be broke if they just decide to do that. It just shows how greedy of a YouTuber this man is. And it also shows how stupid the people are for subscribing to him. Let's be honest. Pretty sure that was already pretty evident. You also have this other YouTuber right here named Real X Sean, and basically a bunch of his videos Never are just 20v1s. I mean, nothing really else. But this man also, he spams that link in the description with that $750 cash app that you're never gonna get. And then you got another 20v1 YouTuber right here named Ryan with the sauce, and he also spams that link in the description with that $750 cash app. And what's also crazy about these 20v1 YouTubers is that there's literally no originality with any of them. The only difference is the people in the 20v1s the intros are all the same the editing is all the same hell even the freaking personalities of all these youtubers are all the same even the freaking scam in the video they're all doing the same 750 dollars cash app scam even the scam in the video is the exact same these dudes are literally made in a freaking laboratory bro like they're just printed every single freaking week every week i see a new up-and-coming 20v1 youtuber what's also crazy is that these dudes will have young people in their 20v1s which is very sad for you guys that don't know there's this rapper named la tyler and he's 17 years old Never and the youtuber am. no love mar he made a video with la tyler he made a 20v1 and it's disgusting if i'm being honest with you how you feel about sis on a very night i don't think it's bad like if both of y'all vibing with each other you peep the vibe we grown we grown there's a bunch of grown women in there asking a 17 year old if he's husband material which that's completely wild to me i mean the man's not even college material he's not even past high school what do you mean is he husband material that's just odd and you can't say 17 is close to 18 but at the end of the day if you sleep with a 17 year old that is illegal but what's even crazier is yeah but they're not sleeping with him so that that destroys your argument so however weird you think that may sound that's just what it is you know you ever ask yourself, well, why are all these grown ass women going to a Justin Bieber concert? Did you got, did you ever wonder that? Probably not, right? Of course not. Or at a time where boy bands were popular, you had guys who were in their 20s posing as heartthrobs to young teens. Nobody finds this shit suspect, right? <laughs> Am I the only person that's looking at this shit and going, this shit is weird, but it's been weird. Britney Spears, oops, I did it again. She was in a school that looked to be a high school dancing provocatively with a short skirt on. What is that aimed towards? Minors, maybe? A bit weird. Just saying. 
There's 20v1s with Lil RT, and for y'all that don't know, Lil RT is a nine-year-old rapper, but he's not like the main character in these 20v1s. He's like that little assist character that you have in freaking Mortal Kombat when you spam L1. I mean, as you can see right here, there's literally a video called I Found Love from the help of Lil RT. Why do you need a nine-year-old to help you find love? You also got the YouTuber King Sid, who's also been doing many videos with Lil RT, and he's not doing them in like the right way. He's just basically promoting this kid's bad behavior. That's I mean, awesome. he literally did a video named Lil RT swipes 20 guys for his mom. In the whole video, this man is literally just cursing and everything right in front of his mom, which is pretty crazy. If I would have cursed in front of my mom, I wouldn't be here making this video today if I'm being real with you. But yeah, I just find it odd how these guys literally have videos and the whole idea of the video is to sexualize a young person. I, I, I mean, that's just pretty crazy. Another style of content that's pretty big in the black community is face-to-face -face smasher passes, which these videos are also pretty unbearable to watch. If you don't know what this is, well, it's basically a bunch of grown adults getting lined up and one by one they basically go through these lines and say smash or pass to the person they're standing right in front of it's pretty sad when you really think about it <laughs> if i had to sit here and watch this for 30 minutes i'm not gonna lie i probably wouldn't even make it through i would lose freaking all my brain cells by the fifth minute of this video but yeah that's another style of content with black youtube that's pretty stupid in my opinion the i mean imagine show. giving birth to a child just for them to participate in a face-to-face -face smash or pass and like i said earlier a lot of black my youtube future. their content just revolves around just extremely horny content. Black Public excellence. Interviews. I mean, you know the whole gay son or- Black excellence daughter thing find your Good match luck. which is just basically they get a room full of people and they just try to find their matches and stuff overall Niggas. my problem with black youtube Niggas. is that number one it's just unoriginal everybody's just copying off each other and expecting to become the biggest black youtuber of all time with zero originality which is absolutely crazy and number two all these videos are just based around these sexual concepts for kids to click on them and then once these kids click on them they're just going to freaking promote these little scams and stuff like the 750 dollars cash app scam just so they can get paid Overall, black YouTube is just down atrocious right now. And it's honestly sad to see, bro. But yeah, this is going to wrap up the video. If you guys made this far, I appreciate you. I find black YouTube to be the dumbest thing ever to be thought of. It's not even creation because you're creating something. You're building off of something that's already being created. So you're on YouTube. So there's no black YouTube. You don't own any property or value of YouTube besides your mediocre videos and your subscribers. So I don't believe in black YouTube. I think it's stupid. People that support this, I think they're stupid. You know what I mean? That's just that's just how I look at shit. Black YouTube. You know what I mean? Just like guys like uh, O'Shea Duke Jackson, before I stopped dealing with the red pill, like these type of red pill guys, they got the black manosphere. Oh, well, this is the black manosphere. And uh, we don't like white people here in the black manosphere. Like, it's all types of stupid, like, weirdo shit. Niggas is weird, man. They want to exclude people, but then be upset why every black person is not supporting them. Well, I'm a black YouTuber, so I'm black like them. Um, um, They should support me. Uh, They should buy my music. They should listen to me. And it's like, come on, man. You know what I mean? Nothing blasphemous, but I'm taking this like the most high. Like whatever, whatever, whoever has an ear shall listen, right? You know what I mean? Whoever has an ear shall listen. You know what I mean? But the arrogance and the stupidity and just the asinine fuckery of some of these people is just, they're too far gone, man. 
this whole black YouTube shit is out of pocket, in my opinion. I don't know. Shit is fucking stupid and out of pocket, in my opinion. But shout out to Cameron with a K. Cameron, actually. Uh, we're going to move on to now Trump, who can win 2024. Matter of fact, give me a second. Give me one moment. Donald Trump's. Okay, good. I wanted to make sure. I talked about this earlier in the episode. Uh, I wanted to grab the Ben Shapiro rap song, right? I forgot the, the other rapper's name, but it's from Night Talk. He's going to be going through it. We're going to go through that later on today. All right. So we got that set. Now we can get into uh, this prediction here. I guess in any way, shape or form, you can call this a prediction. Um, I've listened to enough predictions in 2020 to have a clear perspective of this coming election. But needless to say, the video here is called Trump could win 2024 election in a landslide. And this is a map projection that I'm sure this guy will fully go over instead of telling us, hey, if you read this, hopefully that doesn't happen. All right. I'm black. I didn't go through. uh, I didn't go through this. I don't know. I've kind of found it interesting. So 15 minutes, 14 seconds. Let's get it. Donald Trump's popularity continues to surge, with him now leading President Biden by 2% nationwide. Compare this to Biden's 7% lead in 2020, and we see that Trump is performing 9 points better this year than in the previous election. This raises the question, how much can Trump win the election by if things continue to go his way? In this video, we'll break down Donald Trump's best case scenario in the 2024 presidential election and see how many electoral votes he can win. Let's head over to the map. We're going to start off by filling in the solid states for President Trump. These are going to be the states that he is going to very easily win by margins of 12 percentage points or more. They're going to include the traditionally safe Republican states in the center of the country. He's going to win all of Nebraska with the exception of the second district, as well as most of the Deep South, including South Carolina and in the Midwest, Indiana will also go to President Trump by a solid margin. We will also include Alaska with its three electoral votes. The state has been a bit shaky for Republicans in recent years, especially with a Democrat, Mary Peltola, being elected to the House from the state in 2022. But as a whole, Alaska is still one of the most conservative states in the country. So this gives Trump 125 electoral votes, but in a scenario like this, he is going to win a few more states by a solid 12-point margin, and those two states are going to be Iowa and Ohio, two states that Trump won in both 2016 and 2020. They were both part of the Obama coalition in both 2008 and 2012, going to Obama by likely margins in those two elections, but in 2016, Trump flipped these two Midwestern states and made them very Republican and those states have not gone back to the Democrats ever since. Trump won both of them by around eight to nine points in both 2016 and 2020. Joe Biden did not perform any better in Iowa and Ohio than Clinton did in 2016. And so in a best case scenario for Donald Trump, he can certainly win both Iowa and Ohio by a solid 12-point margin, giving him 148 electoral votes. 
Before we move on to categorizing the solid states for President Biden, please take this time to consider subscribing. Only 15% of you guys are, and it would be great to continue growing this channel before the election. All right, this guy is called, what is content creator? Uh, PA Election HQ. PA Election HQ on YouTube. So for Joe Biden, most of his solid states from 2020 are going to be solid for him once again, even in a scenario like this. But there are a few exceptions, namely the states of New Jersey and Oregon. Illinois went to Biden by 17 points last time, and I think he's going to be able to win it by just over 12%. So it's barely going to be a solid state for the incumbent president. You know what's bizarre about Jersey? And I live in Jersey, right? And as a person who's... I never, I voted Democrat once and that was for Obama. And that one time was enough. Let's just say that. <clears throat> I noticed that this state is as arrogant as a Southern state. Like, you know, a Southern state that's just old fashioned. They're used to their own ways. And it's kind of like almost like stereotypical that in a situation like that, you know, these people would stay blue no matter what. And that's kind of what it is for New Jersey, unfortunately. But it's not really going to make too much of a difference in terms of the electoral count, how these states vote. But in total, they will give Joe Biden 159 electoral votes to Trump's 148. Now, Biden might be ahead right now, but there are going to be a lot of likely and lean states that would go to the former president in a scenario where Trump continues to increase in popularity as he has been over the last few months. The first likely state I'm going to place into the Trump column will be Texas, the second largest state by population. Its 40 electoral votes will be critical in helping him get over 270. Trump has not won Texas by a double-digit margin in his two elections, and so that's why I'm not placing it as a solid state. He won it by nine in 2016 and only five points in 2020. Generally speaking, Texas is shifting to the left. However, in a best-case scenario for Trump, of course, he would be able to easily hold on to it. I believe that Trump can win the Lone Star State by double-digit margin in 2024, but it's probably not going to be over 12 points, and that's why Texas is only going to be placed into the likely column states that will go for either candidate by margins of between 5 and 12 percent. As for Florida, the state will also be in the likely Trump column, although it's gone through a pretty different change over the last few years from Texas, almost the complete opposite. Texas went from being one of the most competitive states in the country in the early 2000s, and now it's pretty firmly in the Republican camp. Donald Trump won Florida in 2016 by a one-point margin, expanded that to three points in 2020, and then most recently in 2022, Ron DeSantis and Marco Rubio won their re-elections as governor and senator by a solid 16 and 20-point margin in the state. So Florida is not the competitive state it once was. It used to be a bellwether. It predicted correctly the elections of Bush as well as Obama and even Bill Clinton. But that simply is no longer the case. Trump won Florida in 2020 despite Joe Biden winning the election. And so Florida will be in the likely Republican column. I think the margin can be close to around 10 percent in a best case scenario for the former president. But it's going to be at least five nonetheless. 
Uh, we also have the second district of Maine. This is going to be in the likely Trump column, giving him an additional electoral vote. The district has been pretty favorable to Trump in recent years, but it has kind of hit its cap in terms of how Republican it really can be. Trump did very well there in both 2016 and 2020. I think he'll do better in 2024 in a scenario like this, but breaking 12% is going to be relatively difficult. We also have the states of North Carolina and Georgia. Georgia was a state that Biden actually flipped in 2020, the first Democrat to win it since 1992. While in North Carolina, the race was very competitive, went down to a 1.3% margin, but ultimately President Trump was able to hold on to it. In a best case scenario, obviously for Trump, he's going to win both of these states back, and he's gonna win them pretty big by a likely margin. I would estimate around 6% in North Carolina, around 5% in Georgia. North Carolina has proven to be a slightly more conservative than Georgia in recent years. Democrats were able to win back both Senate seats in the Peach State in 2020. And so both these states are going to be the likely Republican column after being some of the most competitive ones in the 2020 election. Georgia has not been polling great for Joe Biden. If you look at the most recent poll out of the state, uh, Joe Biden really has a lot of work to do in these two states, especially Georgia, if you want wants to hold on to it, as right now Trump is up by 6.6% in the state of Georgia, and he leads by 9 points in the state of North Carolina. So these two states are going to be easy victories for the former president considering the national environment. Now, obviously, there are going to be likely states for Biden as well. Most glaringly, Oregon and New Jersey. These states were solid for the president in 2020, but in 2024, in a best case scenario for Trump, they're probably going to be likely states. Probably still double digit margins, but just not quite 12 points. And the final likely state for Biden is going to be Colorado. He won the state by 14 points in the last election. He can win it by at least five in 2024. And so an additional 10 electoral votes will put Biden up at 100. 191 electoral votes with all of his solid and likely states filled in to 251 for former President Trump. As for lean states, I'm going to start with Biden. He's going to win both Virginia and New Mexico. These states are going to be a lot closer than they were in 2020, but I do think he'll still be able to hold on to them. Virginia is not as strong for Democrats as people once thought. They recently lost the governorship in 2021. And even in 2016, when Hillary Clinton ran with longtime Virginia Senator Tim Kaine as her running mate, she did not win Virginia by more than 5%. And so that's why I'm going to categorize Virginia as being lean Democrat, while New Mexico and its five electoral votes are going to be lean as well. It's going to be slightly less solid for Biden than Colorado, as has been the general theme of the last few years. And so this will put Biden over 200 electoral votes finally. We're now going to get Nebraska and Maine out of the way. Nebraska, the second district I have going to Trump with a tilt margin, that being a margin of less than 1%. And lean, of course, states like Virginia and New Mexico, these are going to be margins of between 1% and 5%. So in the second district of Nebraska, Trump won in 2016 and lost it in 2020. I think he can win it back in 2024 in a best case scenario. While in Maine, the state is still going to go to the incumbent president, but by a pretty weak lean 
mean margin, probably the closest race in Maine we're going to see over the last two decades. And so this will give Biden an additional two electoral votes. And so we now have just 75 electoral votes left split across seven states. These are some of the most competitive states in the country. We have the three upper Rust Belt states, as well as Nevada and Arizona in the Sun Belt, and then Minnesota and New Hampshire. So I'm going to start off with the states of Arizona and Nevada. These two states are likely to go to Donald Trump in a best case scenario. Joe Biden won Arizona by a measly 0.3% margin in 2020. So it's pretty reasonable to expect Trump to win it back in his best case scenario. And in Nevada, Democrats haven't really been doing the greatest here in the last few years. Barack Obama did very well in the silver state in his two elections. He even won Nevada by a double digit margin in 2008. But both Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton only won Nevada by 2.8% in the last two elections. And mm. so Trump can easily flip the spade, especially considering the fact that Joe Lombardo, a Republican, recently unseated incumbent Democratic Governor Steve Sisolak in 2022. And when looking at the polling, it becomes even clearer why I've put these two states in the Trump column. In Nevada, the former president leads by 5.4% on average, while in Arizona, Trump is ahead by 4.8%. So these states are going to be competitive nonetheless. And if Trump's popularity decreases, I can't expect it getting competitive once again. But as of right now, Nevada and Arizona are pretty firmly in the Trump camp, especially in his best case scenario. And this puts him at just one electoral vote away from 270. Trump now has a flip under his belt, that of course being in Nevada in terms of states that he did not win in either 2016 or 2020. In 2016, Trump flipped Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Iowa, Ohio, and Florida, but he did not win in Nevada. And in 2020, of course, Trump lost many of those states in the upper Rust Belt, as well as Georgia and Arizona. But in a scenario like this in 2024, he can certainly keep all of the states he won in 2016 and 2020 and even expand his electoral lead with a state like Nevada. This would boost Republicans for elections to come and seriously harm Democrats over the next few decades if Trump can capture the silver state. And so now moving on to the upper Rust Belt, this should not be a new sight to anyone. These three states were pivotal in the last two elections. Wisconsin got Trump over 270 in 2016, and Pennsylvania did the same for Joe Biden in 2020. And so in these states, the polling right now is looking pretty bleak for Democrats. Joe Biden is not performing well in them at all. In Wisconsin, this is the best state that Biden's performing in. The polling currently shows a tie between the two candidates, but in a best case scenario for Trump, I will give it to him with a lean margin of victory. As for Michigan, Trump is doing even better, leading by 5.3 percentage points. Michigan is supposedly supposed to be the most liberal out of the three upper Rust Belt states. I do think that trend is going to continue. This prediction is not based on the polls. This is simply the best case scenario for Trump if things continue to go his way based on electoral trends over the last few years. Just really the maximum amount Trump can realistically win. This is not what the polling is telling us now. And obviously the polling is going to tell us very different things by the time we're in November. And so finally in the Keystone state of Pennsylvania, this is Joe Biden's birth state. Trump leads by 0.3%. The races in both Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and of course Michigan are going to be very competitive. But as of right now, considering Trump's rise in popularity in a best case scenario for him, we can expect all three of them to be in his column 
winning him 313 electoral votes. We are now left with Minnesota and New Hampshire, two states Joe Biden won by 7% in 2020. Minnesota actually has the longest Democratic voting streak. It's voted Democrat in every single election for nearly half a century. It was the only state that Ronald Reagan did not win in 1984. So that's why Minnesota holds a title for being the state with the longest continuous streak of voting for the Democratic nominee in presidential elections. And so I do believe that streak will continue even if a circumstance circumstances are as optimal as possible for former President Trump, but it is going to be very, very close, decided by just a tilt margin. And finally, we are left with New Hampshire. It has four electoral votes. It's not likely to be a game changer. However, the state can be very conservative at times. In 2020-2022, it re-elected its Republican governor, Chris Sununu, by solid 30, 40 percentage point margins. Uh, the state can really vote Republican depending on who the candidate is. And with Joe Biden as unpopular as he is right now, I think that it is possible for Donald Trump to win New Hampshire in a best-case scenario. I don't think it's at all guaranteed. And if Joe Biden is able to improve in the polling, I think there's nearly no chance that Trump realistically wins New Hampshire. But as of right now, considering the circumstances, the national environment changing in favor of Donald Trump, I think New Hampshire is at least within play for the former president if things continue to go his way. And so this will give Donald Trump 317 electoral votes to Joe Biden, with 221. Now, that's not a massive change from the last few elections, although it is a pretty big boost for Trump considering he only won 232 electoral votes in 2016. So it's not really... Uh, the biggest boost possible. He's probably not going to win over 320, even in a best case scenario, because of just how polarized our country is. It's important to actually note the margins in these states. I mean, Iowa and Ohio are solid, pretty strong showings for Trump in North Carolina and Georgia, as well as many of these solid Democratic states being much closer for Joe Biden. So that's where you see the biggest changes. But in this best case scenario for Trump, even without many of the lean states, Trump would almost be at nearly Three, 270 electoral votes. So he's going to easily win the election if things continue to go his way. But of course, we're still nearly a year out and a lot of things can change. Donald Trump's popularity continues to surge. With- all right, all right, all right, all right, good. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> take it for what it is. Notice I didn't, I didn't interrupt m- much during this at all because I was just trying to figure out the estimate or this prediction. Um, Regardless of how things look, we have to remind ourselves that 2016 once existed. And this was when people told the world that Hillary was going to win no matter what. You know, Trump was never going to be president. You had the celebrities tell you, Trump will never be president. And what do you know? He becomes the president. 2020, I think they were a little bit more prepared. So they did a little bit more precautions. You know, they had a little bit of a false false flag operations, January 6th. A little false flag operations so that the Trump supporters can be looked at as white nationalists and radicals. And the blacks could be looked at as coons and sellouts, Uncle Tom's. It was all set up by design. 
But when it comes down to voting, it's going to come down to whatever these people hold possible, right? They've been trying to they've been trying to mix up another storm. They've been trying to mix up, um, you know, another catastrophe. So that would prevent people from voting. Maybe another airborne virus. Maybe COVID comes back out with another variant. And we're back to mass mandations. We're back to mail-in ballots. That's when the country's in trouble. Hopefully, y'all learned from the first time, right? We got an emergency, uh, breaking news. Breaking news, right? Uh, Trump delivers victory address after winning Republican New Hampshire. So this is just after winning New Hampshire. All right, let's get it. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Well, I want to thank everybody. This is a fantastic state. This is a great, great state. You know, we won New Hampshire three times now, three. three. We win it every time. We win the primary, we win the generals, we've won it, and it's a very, very special place to me. It's very important. If you remember in 2016, we came here and we needed that win, and we won by 21 points, and it was great. And uh, today, I have to tell you, it was very interesting because I said, wow, what a great victory. But then somebody ran up to the stage all dressed up nicely (laughs) when it was at seven. But now I just walked up and it's at 14. But she ran up when it was seven. And, you know, we have to do what's good for our party. And she was up and I said, wow, she's doing... uh, like a speech like she won. She didn't win, she lost. And you know, last last week we had a little bit of a problem. And if you remember, Ron was very upset because she ran up and she pretended she won Iowa. And I looked around, I said, didn't she come in third? Yeah, she came in third. And then I looked at the polls. She was talking about most winnability, who's going to win. And I had one put up. I don't know if you see it, but I have one put up. We've won almost every single poll in the last three months against Crooked Joe Biden. Almost every poll. And she doesn't win those polls. And she doesn't win those. This is not your typical victory speech, but let's not have somebody take a victory when she had a very bad night. She had a very bad night. And you uh, you have the... You have the very, the now very unpopular governor of this state. This guy, he's got to be on something. I've never seen anybody with energy. It's like uh, hopscotch. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm watching this guy, and two weeks ago he said, we're going to win, we're going to win in the last side, we're going to win. About three days ago, so I said, well, we want to do well. That's a big difference. But I walked out just now, we're 14 points up, and I don't know what it's going to be, but when she was up here, it was like six or seven. And, you know, with like 7% of the vote counted. Now, uh, let, let me just tell you, uh, we, uh, we had an unbelievable week last week in Iowa. We set a record. It was the best in the history of the caucus, in the history. And uh, I remember I sort of had the same feeling. I'm up and I'm watching 
And I said, she's taking a victory lap. And we we beat her so badly she was. But Ron beat her also. You know, Ron came in second and he left. She came in third and she's still hanging around. The other thing, she only got 25% of the Republican votes. I don't know if you saw that. Tremendous numbers of independents came out because in this state, because you have a governor that doesn't frankly know what the hell he's doing in this state, in the Republican primary, they accept Democrats to vote. In fact, I think they had 4,000 Democrats, Democrats before October 6th. They already voted. Now, they're only voting because they want to make me look as bad as possible. Because if you remember, we won in 2016. And if you really remember, and if you want to play it straight, we also won in 2020. By more. And we did much better in 2020 than we did in 2016. But as they said, we lost by a whisker, just by a whisker. No, no, no. But we can't let that happen. You know, you have to have people that speak up. I said, I can go up and I can say to everybody, oh, thank you for the victory. It's wonderful. It's what or I can go up and say, who the hell was the imposter that went up on the stage before and like claimed a victory? She did very poorly, actually. She had to win. The governor said she's going to win. She's going to win. She's going to win. Then she she failed badly. Now, I have here, if he promises to do, to do it in a minute or less, but the only person more angry than, let's say me, but I don't get too angry, I get even. The only person... <laughs> the only person, because he was there, and he did fantastically well, by the way, and then he endorsed me, and we don't have to talk about Tim Scott, who, by the way, just got engaged, we have to tell you. That's more important than all of this stuff. But a man that got to know her very well is Vivek. I said, Vivek. I said, Vivek, go up and say a few words about it. He has to do it in one minute or less. And then we're going to just say, we had one hell of a night tonight. And one other thing before Vivek comes. Do you see that, Paul? We're going to put it up. We have beaten Biden. You could almost say, who can't? Who the hell can't? <laughs> the man can't put two sentences together. He can't Cook. find the stairs. Cook him. The stage. Cook him. But Vivek, one minute or less. Go do it, Vivek. <laughs> what we saw tonight is America first defeating America last. That's what we saw tonight. If you want America last, you can go to Joe Biden. You got another candidate still apparently in the Republican primary. Cut your Social Security to fork over more money to Ukraine so some kleptocrat can buy a bigger house. Go to Nikki Haley. But you know who delivered a double-digit victory tonight? It is a double-digit victory as of right now. Is this man, Donald J. Trump, the leader of America first. And that means something. Now, USA and Donald Trump, America first. Now, I got I got 30 seconds left. I want to make this point here, okay? We got to say this. We got to say this right. What we see right now with her continuing in this race is the ugly underbelly of American politics. 
where the mega donors are trying to do one thing when we the people say another. And it's up to us to we the people to at long last say, hell no, we the people creating. Well, Nikki Haley is actually in a position that Ron DeSantis should have been in. But Ron DeSantis knew what was best for him, so he dropped off quickly and made it clear that he was supporting Donald Trump because he saw the writing on the wall. Now, he was getting a lot of donations. He had a lot of mega donors, but that amount of money doesn't bring momentum. You know, if you're not out there vocal enough, people don't see you out and about. What 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 can what can a politician or what could somebody into politics think of Ron DeSantis? Unless you live in Florida, unless you're down south and you know of Ron DeSantis, if you're a nigga like me from the East Coast, like you don't really see him as anybody. And he's kind of like vanilla. He's very like plain government that is accountable to us and we the people have said tonight we want again as we did in iowa donald j trump and so you want to actually speak truth that's the truth tonight and the only thing they're rooting for is an ugly thing that we don't want to see happen that's what these people are rooting for is playing to say long enough so the reed hoffmans and the ugly democratic george soros juniors who are funding the lawsuits against trump can prop up their puppet we say no to that vision i say the general election begins tonight and this man will win it in a landslide god bless you donald j trump vote trump usa Very nice. Wasn't that nice? So this was a great evening, and I want to thank everybody in the audience, and I want to thank the people that are standing behind me. You know, uh, I think we called it right. Immigration's a big deal, a big deal, a very big deal. We have millions and millions of people flowing into our country illegally. We have no idea who the hell they are. They come from prisons, and they come from mental institutions and it's gonna it's just killing our country and i'm talking about millions and millions and millions they are drug dealers they're everybody and they come in just like walking right through there's nobody to check and there's nobody to vet and we have a man with us tonight tom homan who is central casting he's central casting And I'd like you to say a few words about the border and who's going to solve that problem and how quick are we going to do it, Tom? Go ahead, please. Look, I worked for six presidents, Donald Ronald Reagan, and every president I ever worked for did something to secure the border. But no one did more than President Trump, the most secure border in my lifetime. The most secure border we've ever seen. And Donald Trump's going to do it again. We're going to lock the border down. And we're going to protect Americans. Because what's happening at the border right now, a record number of Americans have died from fentanyl poisoning. record number of migrants have died. A record number of women and children have sex trafficked. A record number of known suspected terrorists across the border. Wow. There's one man who's proven he can secure the border. And he's standing to my left, Donald J. Trump. He's going to do it again. Thank you very much, John. So this is an evening uh, that uh, I will not forget because it's the third time. But more importantly, uh, I think it's going to be 
I think it's going to be the most important time. Uh, we won uh, both. It was, uh, I think they said, somebody said you rarely, if you win both, they've never had a loser. Let me put it that way. When you win Iowa and you win New Hampshire, they've never had a loss. There's never been. So we're not going to be the first, I can tell you. And I just, I just do want to reiterate the polls. We're way up on everybody. We're way up on Biden. And over the last couple of months, if you check, and you have to remember, in 2016, they were saying, oh, what does he know about elections? He's not going to win. He can't win. He can't win. Well, we won. And we got millions, and you can check this, and I hope the cameras don't turn off because they hate this, but we got millions and millions of more votes the second time. Right, Mr. Congressman? Millions and millions of more votes. And uh, But we had COVID, and they used COVID to cheat, and they did a lot of other things, too. We're not going to let that happen. And that's still and that's still going along. We don't forget. You can never forget history because if you forget, you never you never recover from it. And you repeat, you repeat. And we're not going to repeat. We're going to have the greatest election success. We're going to turn our country around. And if you take a look throughout the history of our country, if you took the 10 worst presidents in the history of this not great country right now. It's a country in decline. It's a troubled country. It's a failing country, frankly. But if you took the 10 worst presidents and put them together, the 10 worst, absolutely 10 worst. I used to say five. Remember, I said I'd say five. Then I said, wait a minute, we can add another five. They would not have done the damage that crooked Joe Biden has done to our wonderful country. They would not have done the damage. There's never been anything like it. And you say, are they stupid people? I don't think so, because nobody can cheat that well if they're stupid. Do they hate our country? They must hate our country, because there's no other reason that they can be doing the things they do. Take a look. The taxes, they want to raise your taxes times four. They want to let the Trump tax cuts, the biggest tax cuts in the history of our country, they want them to expire your taxes are going to go through the roof. You take a look at regulations. They're throwing regulations. You can't breathe. You can't even breathe with what they're doing. You take a look at our border. So bad. There's never been a border like this in the world. Four years ago, we had the safest, best border in the United States. I built hundreds of miles of border wall. And they would say, oh, he didn't build hundreds of miles because if there's a board, Laying on the ground, they say that's a renovation. They call it a renovation. If there's two nails laying from 50 years ago, they say, oh, that was a renovation. These are very dishonest people, and you're always fighting them. And just a little note to Nikki. She's not going to win. But if she did, she would be under investigation by those people in 15 minutes. And I could tell you five reasons why already. Not big reasons. A little stuff that she doesn't want to talk about, but she will be under investigation within minutes. And so would Ron have been, but he decided to get out. He decided to get out. Now, Vivek, I don't think would be at all because he's perfect, right? And Tim Scott, I know would never, that's no chance. Hey, Tim, do you want to say something? Come on, come on. I want him to say something. <laughs> <coughs> New Hampshire. Back. The president said a double-digit win in New Hampshire, and you delivered a double-digit win for President Trump. 
But I'm going to invite you to my home state starting tomorrow, where this election is over. It is time for the Republican Party to coalesce around our nominee and the next president of the United States, Donald Trump. Let's get that party started tonight. <laughs> Coonan. What a good guy. Coonan. What a good man he is. Coon Lord. But just remember, I, I did hear Nikki say, and now it's off to South Carolina. Well, I love South Carolina. I love I love it. But, you know, she forgot one thing. She forgot one thing. Next week, it's Nevada. Next week, it's Nevada. It's not South Carolina. We love South Carolina, but next week, it's Nevada. And I'm pleased to announce we just won Nevada. We just won. 100 percent. Because all of them, they looked at it and they took polls and I was polling at 95 percent to four or five percent. And they decided not to play in Nevada. So we just won Nevada. We have a man from uh, Nevada here, Steve Wynn, wherever he may be. And John Paulson, the great John Paulson, made plenty of money in Nevada. Doesn't live there, but he makes a hell of a lot of money. He makes money everywhere he goes, actually. So money machine. Maybe we'll put you, you know what? Put him at Treasury. You want to make a little money? Let's put you. Anyways, good. Good to have you guys. Uh, but we go to Nevada, and that's been one. So we pick up all of those delegates. And then we do go to South Carolina, where we've done really well, where I've done well. We have a great governor and lieutenant governor and great everything, because almost every one of them have endorsed me. Two great senators, which is hard. I mean, did you ever think that she actually appointed you, Tim? And think of it, appointed, and you're the senator of his state. And... She endorsed me. You must really hate her. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's a shame. It's a shame. Uh oh. I just love you. No, that's that's why he's a great politician. That's why he's a great politician. So this is a great evening, and it is. You know, we are going to Nevada for a little while. We're not going to have to do too much. We have a great team there. But it's a team that uh, we can now send someplace else. They did a fantastic job, but uh, we and it's a fantastic place, really a fantastic place. But we'll be leaving there very quickly. We'll head out to South Carolina, where I think we're going to win easily. I think we're 50 points up, 5-0, 5 50 points up on a person that was governor. That tells you something. But I felt I should do this because I find in life you can't let people get away with bullshit. Okay, you can't. Oh shit! Can't do that. Oh. And when I watched her in the fancy dress that probably wasn't so fancy, come up, I said, "What's she doing? We won." And she did the same thing last week, but he was much more angry about it than I was. I said, "Get up there and you let him know. We are going to win this. We have no choice if we don't win." I think our country is finished. I do. I believe our country is finished. We have an opportunity to do something so amazing. And the good news and the reason we have such support, the best numbers I've ever had, the reason we have support is because they are so bad at what they're doing and so evil and they're destroying our country. So I want to thank, I want to thank everybody for being here. I want to thank this group of people. We will never forget you. We will never forget. And I made a pledge. 
I made a pledge to your state that you have the highest energy costs in the country. In the first year, they're going to be reduced by 50% because we are going to drill, baby, drill. Drill, baby, drill. Inflation's going to come way down. But in the first year, your energy costs are going down by 50%. Thank you very much. We love you. Thank you very much. We'll see you soon. We'll see you on the trail. And thank you, everybody. Thank you very much. We will see you on the trail. Thanks. Trump out here thugging. You know what I'm saying? Trump out here thugging once again. You know, he brought the goons with him. Uh, He brought his uh, 2024 goon squad. I guess this is him assembling his team. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, who at this point, you could pretty much consider him the vice president in training. Right. This is the vice president in training. He's alongside Trump a lot. He's speaking a lot at Trump's rallies. He has the same energy to match the crowd. The crowd goes nuts for him as if he's in a fucking coliseum. You know what I mean? The people are looking at Vivek and they're like, hey, uh, Vivek, I call them Vivek. Uh, I think it's Vivek. They're looking at him and they're saying, hey, this is a younger guy, uh, a more energetic guy, a guy who can get the attention of the younger audience. Maybe somebody is, you know, in Trump's ear telling them like, hey, this might be your best option. And whether you look at it by definition or you just look at it for what it is, uh, I believe to an extent um, Vivek is the best, is the better politician and the better person out of everybody who was running besides Trump. He's the better person. And he's the better politician. He's the better person because he's not your usual white collar type of guy. He's not your usual white guy in general. In fact, he's not a black guy. He's different, but he has the same um, policies and cares and consideration in mind the way that most Americans have. So people look beyond color with with somebody like Vedic Ramaswamy. Also, you have the younger lifeblood. You know, you gotta you gotta remember, you know, Trump isn't much younger than Joe Biden, really, at all. You know, something to think about. But it's actually 107. It's 107. How about this? It's 107, and I'm an hour and seven minutes into the podcast. How gangster is that? I'm about to play some more music. I didn't think that I would be going through this many videos on this episode, but that's what we're going to do. Like I said, we're going political. We're going all the way political. We may listen to Carrie Lake later on, I think. I think we'll listen to Carrie Lake. Matter of fact, should I play her now? I should play her now, man. This will be the fifth video. Unexpected. We still got uh, Ben Shapira is really rapping. Shout out to Night Talk. He black. We also got a Vince McMahon article to go through about, you know, WWE trying to scrub Vince McMahon off of uh, the history books. As well as some other things. I want to make sure I still have other shit set up or other shit that if I want to, I can incorporate to the episode later on. I think we have a, a few things. 
Yeah, we got a few things. I want to mention uh, <laughs> Vinstein. Vinstein parties with Diddy. Uh, shout out the crime, uh, thought crimes. We may go through a bit of that a little bit later on as well. But yeah, we'll 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 continue with Carrie Lake. I was gonna play some more music, but I realized I had to take a piss anyway. So yeah, we got uh, Carrie Lake schooling CNN anchor. Shout out to Carrie Lake, wonderful woman, uh, a wonderful woman from Arizona. Um, you know, could have could have very well been uh, popular if she ran for president, but maybe that maybe that's a future plan for her. Who knows? Uh, this is from the black conservative perspective. Shout out to him again. And let's continue, man. We're, we're on a roll right now. I'm going to skip that because you can barely hear anything besides loud drums. I don't know what the fuck that's all about, but cool. Biden already has the ability to disincentivize illegal immigration and to uh, secure the border more so than it is now through executive action. In fact, Biden has come into office and signed 94 executive actions in the first 100 days to decimate border security. Now, Biden, again, he could do a lot for border security by simply reinstating some of Trump's policies like remaining in Mexico, ending catch and release, uh, using the Border Patrol to actually do what the Border Patrol is supposed to do, which is to protect the border, not to facilitate illegal immigrants coming into the country, which is what they're essentially doing now. These are the things that Biden can do as an executive to help secure the border. But he refuses to do these things. Instead, he has his hand out begging for money, not to actually secure the border, but to help facilitate more illegal immigration into the country, which is exactly what this so-called bipartisan bill would do. But despite these facts, you have the mainstream liberal media carrying water for the Biden administration once again and trying to pretend that this bill needs to be passed in order for Biden to do everything that he can as an executive to secure the border. And I want to react to this interview of Carrie Lake destroying this CNN anchor who is, again, trying to push the propaganda of the establishment when it comes to this border deal that, again, the main purpose of the deal is not to secure the border, is to allow more illegal immigrants into the country to give the Democrats a win on this issue in exchange for sending money overseas to Ukraine and Israel and all these other countries that uh, the establishment powers that be want money to go to. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this. On what basis does he, Trump, oppose the border bill that's being negotiated in the Senate? Instead of answering the question, they said, well, you should talk to Carrie Lake. So here you are. What's the answer? Why does Trump oppose this bipartisan bill? Because it is terrible for the American people. And President Trump stands for the American people. He's all about making a deal, but not a garbage deal. And you're cherry picking whatever you just showed there. 
And you're forgetting the part that this bill does nothing to further build the wall. And by the way, the wall does work. Otherwise, Joe Biden wouldn't have had it welded in the open position to allow this invasion. It doesn't do anything to stop the fentanyl pouring across. This bill would actually legalize nearly two million of these illegal uh, immigrants every single year. This bill does nothing to help the American people. And it also, by the way, sends money to Ukraine. And the American people are sick and tired of it. Facts. Facts. Again, this is why I love Carrie Lake, right? I'm not necessarily sure if Carrie Lake uh, will win her Senate race. Uh, the polls indicate that she has a, a good chance. It's basically a three-way uh, race uh, because you have Kirsten Sinema, who's a Democrat, and declared that she's an independent. Kirsten Sinema is also behind this uh, border deal, okay, the bipartisan border deal here. Um, but I know for sure she would be an amazing press secretary, okay? Uh, if she doesn't win her Senate race, I think that Trump should definitely pick her as press secretary. I think that it's a no brainer, right? She may want to be a politician, but I think she's best served actually going out to the press and pushing back against the narrative. I think that that is what she would be best at. Okay. I think that she is um, most qualified for the position of press secretary. She would be absolutely amazing at that. They're absolutely sick. If you are listening. If you were listening to my earlier, you Carrie, if you were listening, if you were listening to my earlier conversation with Robert F. Kennedy Jr., you heard me say, do the simple math. One point eight million still seems annually like too many. But I was raised to believe yeah, that half is. a loaf is better is better than none at all. So. Wow. Wow. Listen to this. <laughs> right. Again. So I want you guys to understand the narrative here is that, well, the GOP. Uh, Trump specifically, they are keeping Biden from securing the border by not supporting this bill. But then this guy literally just admits that. Wow, shit. Um, yeah, it, it allows about two million illegals. Jesus Christ, that, that was loud. I apologize. Let me turn that off. Wow. Country, but hey, that's better than three million or four million or five million. So I, I was taught that getting something is better than getting nothing. So essentially, you're admitting. That it doesn't secure the border because two million illegals per year is not a secure border. So how can you sit here and try to tell me that passing this this bill would secure the border when you're literally admitting that it won't? Right. Again, it's amazing. It's amazing. Again, the propaganda is that well, Trump doesn't want to secure the border. He wants a wide open border because he doesn't support this bill that does not secure the border. And they're literally admitting that it doesn't secure the border. Right. Again, the gaslighting on this issue is incredible. Right. It really is. If, if it would enable the shutdown, if overwhelmed, speed up the asylum process and raise the standard for asylum claims, why not take the win? Because if you don't, it looks like Trump is now acting like Nixon or John Connolly on Reagan's behalf to just try and save the win for himself. Well, it's not a win. If you're still allowing two million illegals into the country, that's not a win. Right? In what world is that a win? It might be a win for Democrats because it's giving Democrats everything they want. OK, they're going to have amnesty. OK, they're going to be able to speed up the asylum uh, claim process. OK, they're going to uh, grant work authorizations and permits. Some of these liberal cities that are struggling with the illegal immigration crisis, they're going to get the money that they've been begging for. Again, this is going to be a W for the left when it comes to appealing to progressives. OK. They're going to still allow illegals into the country, which is what the left wants, and they want more money to fund it. This is a W for Democrats. I don't think I don't even think it's that direct anymore. I think the left have became because the only the only way that you can excuse this type of thought 
is if they've completely shifted left to a more progressive socialist communism way of thinking. Because you bringing other people into the country. Here's what typically happens, right? So you got undocumented people into a country where there's barely enough jobs for really people to get. So what happens is they fill the void by getting a bunch of illegals to work their jobs for pennies on the dollar. And that helps secure, you know, their money. So they use the brown people who come into the country as human resources. Um, So when things like the election comes, you know, these people know who to vote for. You know, they know who to support. They know who to support. No ifs, ands, or buts. You know what I mean? They know who they support. At the end, look. Let me get ready to go to this store. I got to get something to drink. Trying to get rid of this cold. I may have to. I may have to cop the green tea today. Try to keep my vitals up. Anyway, like if if you think about even even the things that are mentioned, like loosely mentioned, it's never it's never anything solid, right? So when the liberals were talking about Trump being a Klansman, meanwhile, former well, meanwhile, current president Joe Biden was supporting a former Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan, Robert Byrd. And by the way, his uh, eulogy was um, it was the Bidens that were there. It was the Obamas that were there. It was the Clintons that were there. All to give respect to a former uh, white supremacist, white Ku Klux Klan member, Robert Byrd. Only in America. But, but now we're busy calling the next man a racist who, at the very least, from my knowledge, never supported a David Duke, never supported people like that. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? Now, what are Republicans going to go back to conservatives and say about this, right, about this bill? Oh, well, we still allow two million illegals into the country. But, hey, we gave Joe Biden the ability to secure the border. Right? Again, conservatives are going to be like, what is this garbage? What are you what are you doing? You're trying to piss on my leg and tell me that it's raining because that's exactly what a Republican would be doing, going back to his base and trying to brag about this bill, claiming that they help secure the border when you're literally allowing two million illegals into the country. Per year, it doesn't make sense. And then also on top of that, you're sending money overseas, which is something that the uh, conservative base doesn't want, uh, especially to Ukraine. So, again, where's the W at for conservatives? There's nothing bipartisan about this bill. Okay, there's nothing bipartisan about it. This is a uniparty establishment bill. Again, you got to understand some of these Republicans, like, for example, Mitt Romney. Okay, a lot of these guys, when Trump was trying to secure the border in regards to building the border wall, they pushed back against them. We had a whole government shutdown over the wall, okay? And there were some Republicans that were pushing back against Trump over it, okay? Because they really don't want to secure the border. These super pro-business corporate Republicans, they love open borders, right? Why? Because it's cheap labor, okay? A lot of these Republicans, just like Democrats, they're bought and sold by the big corporations who love illegal immigrants, okay? Because they come over here and they work, they do these jobs for cheap, right? Cheap labor, okay? Okay? So you got to understand, 
There's a reason why, even in a so-called bipartisan bill where you have Republicans who are supposed to be tough on the border, okay, who's supposed to want to secure the border, they're literally trying to pass legislation that doesn't do that. It's quite literally because they support illegal immigration, right? This is what I'm trying to tell you. Some of this is a psyop, right? In the sense that, yes, there are a lot of people in the Republican Party that they'll talk tough on it. But when it comes to actually doing something about it, they're not going to do anything about it because they know that their donors, they support illegal immigrants coming to the country. Now, here's another thing I disagree with Republicans on when it comes to this issue. And, you know, you have some, you know, people coming out here saying that, oh, we don't need a bill. We don't need a bill in order to secure the border. No, we, we actually do need a bill. OK. And the reason why we need a bill, we don't need this bill, but we need a bill is literally because of what's happening right now. Passing a bill, a.k.a. the Secure the Border Act, which is Republican legislation that they should be saying that, hey, this is what we want to do, rather than saying that we don't need a bill. They really should be saying, no, we need this bill. We need our bill. The reason why you need a bill is because a bill does not allow the president to just repeal or to undo what the last president did through executive action. That's what you're seeing right now with the Biden administration. If Republicans had passed a bill when they had power under Trump, then Biden couldn't just come in and just undo everything Trump did. Because what would have been passed under Trump, if it was passed through Congress, would have been a law, right? It would have been law. Okay, so the president just can't come in through executive action and undo a law. But they can come in through executive action and undo what the last president did through executive action. So, again, that's why you actually do need a bill. So, again, the framing here from some of the Republicans, even Republicans that are opposed to the bipartisan bill, is still not correct. You can't come out here and keep saying that we don't need a bill when we actually do need a bill. Saying we don't need a bill is giving up on your own legislation and is an excuse not to do anything and to continue to point the blame at Joe Biden for refusing to do something that you know he's not going to do, right? You already know he's not going to want to secure the border. You already know he doesn't want to. So that's why you can't come out here and keep saying we don't need a bill. No, you do need a bill, right? So when Trump gets in office, that's not an excuse just to say, well, Trump's back in office. He's going to implement his executive actions to help secure the border. And that's enough. No, it's not enough. When Trump gets back in office, if Republicans have a majority in the Senate and the House, we need a Republican secure the border bill legislation that cannot just be repealed and overturned by the next president that gets into office with executive action. So, again, I'm not buying into any of the gaslighting from anybody, any side involved in this, whether that be Democrats, the establishment Republicans that support this bill or the Republicans that don't support the bill. Everybody is gaslighting to a certain extent. Okay, so again, um, we don't need this. Last time I checked, politics was always about gaslighting individuals. Maybe it's just me. I've I've been seeing things more clear lately, like politicians on both sides gaslight their supporters. They gaslight their supporters to believe that something really bad is happening, where in reality, things are just getting bad. They're not as terrible. You have mainstream media who have their control over their audience. They have their picks on who their favorite candidates are. And some of these people are just more biased than others. It it really is the same. And whatever type of Democrat, whatever type of Republican you look at it as, it's still one and the same. Okay, but we need a bill. Okay, and in that bill, what we need is mass deportations. We need to complete and finish the wall. 
Uh, maybe we need the military at the border as well, too. And we definitely need to rework the asylum laws and the policies that we have on the books to not allow illegal immigrants to take advantage of the asylum seeking process at the border. OK, again, a lot of this stuff is in the Republican legislation that for whatever reason, they don't market enough. They don't market it enough. And it's extremely frustrating. I assure you, if a deal came out of Washington, D.C. that secured that border, stopped the Biden invasion, stopped the fentanyl from pouring across, that President Trump would get behind that. This is not about politics. He cares about the American people, which is why he single-handedly secured that border when he was president and he had all kinds of political daggers coming at him. I live in Arizona. You're sitting in Manhattan. I'm here in Arizona where we have it the worst right now. We have tens of thousands of people crossing a day. We have Narcan in elementary schools because there's so much fentanyl pouring across our border that it's getting into the hands of our children. And President Trump cares about securing America, making our streets safe. He would support a deal that did that. this deal is I wonder if he's I wonder if I wonder if he's I wonder if he's jeopardizing the strongest political hand that he has here is what Senator Mitt Romney had to say listen to this (laughs) notice how Carrie Lake laughs when this guy brings up Mitt Romney right Carrie Lake is hilarious we have a crisis at the border the American people are suffering as a result of uh, what's happening at the border uh, and someone running for president ought to try and get the, uh, you know, the problem solved, as opposed to saying, "Hey, save that problem. Don't solve it. Uh, let me take credit for solving it later." Is, isn't oh, that man. the perception well, you're, you're that will take hold? <laughs> Thank you for giving me a good laugh. I needed one to start the day. You're going to take. Mitt well, go Romney ahead and res- respond. Respond substantively. I'll, res- I'll respond to that, Mitt Romney. Uh, is not a good deal maker. President Trump knows a bad deal when he sees it, and this is a bad deal for the American people. This does nothing to shore up our national security. We have millions of people, more than 12 million here illegally, countless that are here with nefarious reasons to hurt America. And this does nothing to root out those terrorists and stop them from coming in. 168 countries, that's how many people are coming in from 168 countries around the globe. And we're not vetting them. They're coming from countries with known ties to terrorism. And it's a matter of time before the American people are hurt. I'm a mother. I'm tired okay, of watching so- what's happening on the border. And other Americans feel the same way, Michael. We can't continue along like this. And President Trump wants to see real security, not some horrible deal that ties us down to accepting millions of people who are here illegally to stay here. These people have come illegally. So let me say this. And they shouldn't Mitt, be allowed Mitt, to stay. Mitt- Mitt is not alone on the politics of this. The Wall Street Journal editorial page, not exactly a progressive or liberal bastion. I'll read it to you as I put it on the screen. Yeah, but it's establishment Republican bastion, though. Right. Again, you got to understand Wall Street Journal is pro pro big business. Right. Hence, that's why it's called the Wall Street Journal. Okay, you know, big business Republicans love illegal immigration. Like I tried to tell you guys, that's why a lot of this is, is, is gaslighting and a psyop going on. I think it's I think it's people thinking too much into the situation, right? Because if you were to be honest, well, who's pro-war? It would actually probably be more of those on the right. It's the radical republic. Well, it's the radical Democrats today that kind of take the cake, though, because they want everything. They want destruction. They want chaos. 
you know, if they don't get things the the way that they want, they're going to react. And it's not going to be a good reaction. And a lot of people, regardless of whose establishment, the establishment is on both sides. I don't know how many times you guys need to know this, especially conservatives. You think that the establishment is just a bunch of whiny liberals, but you're wrong. I think there are like capitalists who would thrive off of war, capitalists who would thrive off of uh, immigration on both sides. See, you don't see the super snobby liberals who make enough money, limousine liberals. They act as if they're part of the rebellion, right? They act as if they're part of the resistance, but they're really agents spying on you. And, you know, they'll leave you alone as long as you don't talk too, as long as you don't talk against the system too much, you know. You know, they'll let you say a little, you know, fuck the police, shit like that. They'll let you get away with that because that goes along with their agenda. And this establishment, which is, you know, pretty much um, politicians left and right and center bought and paid for in one way, shape or form. That's why there is really no such thing as the independent. The independent always sways within one side or the other. Um, Someone who's politically independent could, in fact, be powered by a more liberal conglomerate or in some cases a more conservative uh, conglomerate. I think when you talk about establishment, you're talking about the people who are essentially bought and paid for. And those people who are bought and paid for, depending on what they're forcing you to buy into is what they go along with. So if they want you to vote Republican, They'll do everything in their power to promote the Republican candidate. Um, remember the voter die? The voter die situation, depending on how you look at it, was without a doubt a political, more Democrat, left-leaning uh, propaganda tool in which either you vote for Bill Clinton, ironically the person that's trying to incarcerate you, the black man the most, or you die. Remember, Pete Diddy was was big on that. A lot of these guys, in which they pretty much did what they had to do because they wanted a check. So that's why they did what they did. They wanted a check. So they were willing to play those games um, to somehow get the perks and, you know, get the glorification. That's why you had Jay-Z and Beyonce. They were declarated 2016. Why? Because they had a concert to support Hillary Clinton. Now, there's some people that are establishment that are just in position. They are put in position for a reason. And the way that the Democrats do it is they try to connect to the slower audiences. To these audience members who are like brain dead, they don't know what the fuck is going on. If they see Cardi B talking to Biden, they're voting for Biden. Here with this. Giving up on border security bill would be a, quote, listen to this now, self-inflicted GOP wound. President Biden would claim with cause that Republicans want border chaos as an election issue rather than solving the problem. There's more to it. But you would say what to the Wall Street Journal, Carrie Lake? 
I would say they're absolutely wrong. I mean, we we've watched this border. I call it the Biden invasion carry on for years now under Joe Biden. He came in on day one and peeled back an effective plan that President Trump had in place. He and his corrupt government administration is aiding and abetting this invasion at our border. And we need to go down there, finish the wall, get National Guard troops on the border and stop these people from pouring across. And then we need to sort out the 12 million people who are here. And in order to save our homeland, we need to send them back to their homeland and start repatriating these people back to their homeland. We can't afford to take on all the world's problems. We have so many problems of our own here, and we're forgetting about the American people. Facts. Facts. That was amazing, right? That was amazing from Carrie Lake, okay? Could have done it better myself, okay? Uh, yeah, I think Carrie Lake will be an amazing press secretary if she doesn't win her Senate race. Um, but regardless, again, what you see there, again, is gaslighting from the media. They're trying their best to try to blame Trump for allowing the border to be open when he's not even in office, right? For- I don't, like, I'm still trying to figure out why these people are so surprised, even the guy who's going through the video. When you have Texas talking about, hey, we want the president to stay the fuck out of our state and to stop bringing people in here, we're not going to allow America, we're not going to allow this president to use Texas as another dumping ground. That should tell you something. Because as many as people, as much as people want to think that Texas is super conservative, it really isn't. Like, really, like, those type of days where you had the Texans and shit, like, those days is long and gone. And it's like the California smug kind of, like, rubbed off the wrong way on places like, you know, Texas. And now you have a lot of liberals in Texas, and they're pro-people so much so that they would love people who are not American citizens to take over their states and, you know, turn their cities, turn their states into sanctuary cities and, you know, everybody's camped out. It's like, it's a very, like, bleak and, like, end-of-the-world scenario where it's like, the people in this country starve to try to feed others who are not even recognized as, like, people in the country. Like, it's, it's very interesting. It's very weird. I don't see it ending well unless Trump is elected. That's just my that's just my personal opinion. Foremost, because he doesn't want to support a deal that doesn't close the border. And they admit and they'll tell you, yeah, well, you know, two million is better than five million or six million. So therefore, this guy, you know, he doesn't want the border to be secure. Well, again, two million illegals a year is not that's not a secure border. Right? That's not a secure border. So again, it's absolutely amazing all the gaslighting here coming from the media. But um, yeah, it looks like this this deal is not going to go through, and uh, it shouldn't. It shouldn't go through. Okay, anything less than the Secure the Border Act from the Republicans uh, is not enough. Okay, and we should be demanding everything we want when it comes to this issue because the American people agree with us. Uh, there has not been more support for securing the border in this country than right now. Okay, in regards to bipartisanship, uh, I'm talking about among the actual American people. Uh, so this is something that Republicans should take advantage of, and even if they have to shut down the government to get the legislation passed to force the Biden administration's hand, then they should, right? It's time to start playing hardball with these people and just actually really force the legislation down their throat, okay? Just because you don't have a majority in the Senate doesn't mean that you still can't get what 
you want to get done if you actually play hardball. If you hold their feet to the fire and say the American people agree with this, this is what they want, okay, and you blame the uh, Democrats for the government shutting down for not getting on board with what the American people want, that's how you win, right? That's how you win. So, hey, regardless, um, I think Biden loses right? if nothing happens. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, Republicans don't have to compromise and they shouldn't. So let me know what you guys think. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, and support and share a black consumer perspective. Peace. Uh, all right. Here's my opinion, right? Because it's already uh, 137. So I have seven minutes before I have to go in here and get ready for my job something I don't want to do, but I know that I'm off tomorrow. I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. I'm not going to be working on the red pill iceberg at least until next weekend. I'm letting y'all know right now. I want to make sure I have taken my time and done enough research to make sure that we have a full iceberg to go through. An iceberg that could consist of two full episodes each. So we'll, we'll keep that in mind. Um, all right, so here's my opinion, right? Like, it, it makes sense to speak out in a sense to where, all right, you're a conservative. You may see Trump because not every conservative supports Trump. So that's something you have to be clear about because there's a lot of conservatives that don't consider you a conservative if you support Trump. That's how weird some of these cookie cutter conservatives are. And they have the same mindset as the limousine liberal where it's like, hey, you got to do as I tell you. Look at me. I'm rich. I have money. Um, you know, I'm successful. I have cars. I have this and that. And listen to what I say politically. It becomes a brainwashing technique that's been working out for years. I think the left has definitely beat uh, the right at this, where the right wing, they're trying to be like good and noble and traditional to an extent. And the left is like, yo, to hell with all of that. Let's party, you know, let's forget about this. Let's let's celebrate, um, you know, all this different types of perversion. Um, you know, let's celebrate pronouns. Let's celebrate all this type of fuckery. And what ends up happening is the obvious, right? You'll have a, you'll have a group of people, even on the left, who are like, all right, enough's enough. I can't really support this current stage of the Democratic Party whatsoever, right? And with them, they hate Trump so much that they can't even admit that Trump was right about a lot of the shit that he was saying. When it came to Biden, Biden's dealings with uh, the Ukraine, Biden's dealings with China, you still got a group of people that said that Trump wanted to start a world war but yet all the controversy you've seen for the past four years is under this particular Democratic president. But of course, what do they do, right? Do they do they even remotely pay attention? Do they even have like a, a chart of facts? Do they have stats that are accurate of whatever they're talking about? No. Most of the liberals, they speak out of frustration, anger, emotions. And because of that, nothing that they say is clear enough. Look at BLM. What's BLM to black people today? Now, I ask this question because 
I ask this question because in a month or so, I think we're going to see a resurge processing sort of upboot of the new BLM. And what's the new BLM? You know, same, you know, it's the same song and dance, really, but they might have a different voice, right? We talked about this before, where one of the founders of BLM, of the BLM organization in Rhode Island, claimed to support Donald Trump. And since then, he has been exiled from the BLM movement. Now, how many black people in that position do you think that are in the country? I'm trying to make the white liberals nervous, right? When the black community say enough's enough, and guys like Meek Mill says, you know, you'll be surprised who, you know, the people in the neighborhoods are voting for this time around. This is all set in stone, right? This is shit I've been talking about. I don't know. Well over six years now at this point, I almost lose count. But, um, you know, it is what it is, man. We got an hour and 40 segment. I didn't think this would be a two hour and 30 minute plus episode, but here we are with uh, two hours and uh, 44 minutes. Well, actually close to 45 now, but yeah, you know, things are changing uh, politically. Things that I've been talking about now for years, the political shift, the blacks who've been raised Democrat are learning themselves that, you know, maybe they're being led astray and the generations before have been led astray for many moons. All right. So the people that are listening, the people that understand you are indeed a part of the resistance. All right. You are indeed a part of the resistance of the bullshit, the lies the manipulation tactics, the everyday BS that these established liberals and conservatives, cookie cutter conservatives too, wishy-washy Republicans as well. This is all, this is like the devil's playground. Like they just sit around and they come up with ways to distract people and give them some bullshit excuse and then give you the realization of what goes on after all of that. What's, what's really the outcome? Uh, are the black people willing to vote for another four years of this? Um, another four years of lies. No promises were met by this current president whatsoever when it came to the black people because he didn't promise y'all niggas much to begin with. He pretty much said, if you have a problem figuring out whether to vote for me or Trump, then you ain't black. That's what he said. Right. And y'all didn't pay attention. Y'all just still voted. Right. Where is he at? Here it is. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. This is the guy that y'all voted for. All right. This is the man that y'all put in power in this country. This is who y'all decided was the guy to run the country. Can you believe that? Absolutely despicable. All these brainwashed liberals. I'm a straight Democrat. You know what I mean? Brainwashed. Voted for a stumbling, fumbling fool. All right, let's just keep it honest. This is the type of guy y'all voted for. Let me start off with two words. Made in America. You know, like that's who y'all voted for. That's your guy. This is your guy. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Shut up, bitch. That's who y'all voted for. Congrats. <coughs> Another example of black excellence. Black excellence. All right. Shout out to JLP. Black excellence. Black excellence, 101. 
outright fuckery, coonery. I saw, I talked about this shit earlier. A nigga was eating chicken wings. He had a YouTube short, and it was like, mmm, chicken, mmm, mmm, like real caveman coon shit. He went back 300 years, eating all the uh, the hot wings and shit. You got to dip it in there. You got to dip it in the blue cheese and mmm. Coon shit. This is black. No, and they call it black YouTube. Get the fuck out of here. The black YouTube should be exterminated because there's a bunch of niggas doing stupid shit. Niggas cooning. That's it. Cooning. Niggas cooning. That's it. That's about it. All right. But anyway, it's an hour 45 minutes and it's about that time. Uh, later on today, we will be going through um, uh, Ben Shapiro rapping as well as an article with Vince McMahon about his situation that's still unfolding. There's allegations that Brock Lesnar, Laurinaitis, and a couple of other people, familiar names to those in the wrestling world that are involved in this. I will try to get more articles and more information on that as the day goes by. But as I always say, in the meantime and in between time and until next time, Jersey Judah with another episode, another edition of the Crimson Capsule Chapel signing out. Peace.